It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. What is up, y'all? Welcome to the best bits. Thank you, everyone who listened to the best bits of the year, the best challenges. I am glad to hear that it gave you guys some extra content while we were away. And this is the first best bits of 2022. Actually, I think the other one was, but technically, this is the first best bit. So we're just going to roll with it, okay? And I'm bringing on my guy, Scuba Steve. What up? I'm your guy. Yeah, you my guy. <laughs> and now we are currently in a snowstorm while we're recording this. So yes. this may be a little shorter, depending on how Scuba Steve talks. We yes. will find out. But we're going to try and make it a little bit shorter than usual because of the snowstorm. And we yeah. need to get home safely. Totally. So that's our plan. But we do have a lot to talk about. So we're just going to get going. Maren Morris was on the show this week. She was supposed to come in studio and perform, but, you know, snowstorm situation is happening, so she couldn't. But she did come on virtually and shared the story behind her new song, Circles Around This Town. She also talked about what it was like when she first moved to Nashville and her story of why she decided to do it. And then she talked about when she met Amy Poehler, who is a huge idol to her. So super cool interview and definitely one to check out. Number seven. The Friday Morning Conversation with Marin Morris. Marin, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. You would be here with us, but there is a massive snowstorm. There's a, a quite the accumulation of snow outside. What is it like outside where you are right now? It's snowing. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, definitely staying inside today. Um, tra- we are trapped. Yeah. We're confused on if our cars can make it. We were having this debate, like if we had to leave right now, who has a strong enough car or truck to actually get out through the snow? Are you guys good if you needed to go to the grocery store? Do you have a big four-wheel drive? I mean, Ryan has a truck. I don't think my Tesla would make it to the store (laughs) safely. What was the moment for you when you were still living in Texas where you thought, man, I've got to go to Nashville? Like, what was it that that made you move? I'd taken a couple trips to Nashville, and I hadn't really taken the full plunge, but I was saving money just being a receptionist at my parents' hair salon. And I wanted to move to Nashville and not have to like immediately find work. I wanted to just throw myself into songwriting. And I think in Texas, it gave me such a great springboard of like a rich music culture to grow up in, in my teens, but moving to Nashville, I wanted to be, you know, a professional songwriter. And, you know, obviously I'm biased because I live here now and it's my home, but I feel like the best songwriters in the world live in Nashville. So that's what, prompted me to come here. So we know you now as, you know, a superstar, but when you first moved to Nashville, is it hard sledding at first? Like hard to get people to write with you, hard to get people to care? Yeah, I think my whole strategy even to this day is like underplay everything and don't come into the room assuming that people know who you are or talking a big game. Just like wait your turn and know that you're good. It's not about you know, being meek or watering down your confidence or your talent. It's just about like respect and knowing that there are so many talented people in this town. So I really slow played it. And I still kind of keep that motto to this day. Like don't oversell um, because, you know, it kind of ends up being disappointing in the end. And you don't want people thinking that like you're rubbing them the wrong way. So I I was definitely very shy, um, but it was hard. It was hard to get rights. But you just have to like put yourself out there and go to shows by yourself, even though you feel super lame. And but that's honestly how I ended up like making friends and getting co-writes. And um, some of those co-writes are, you know, written 
co-written by my best friends today. So um, yeah, it's it's hard in the beginning, but it, the payoff is worth it. Uh, you got a new song that's out today. I, I'm always curious because this, you know, is, is a, a very anticipated <laughs> new project from you. Do you have to kind of lock this down so it doesn't leak out early? Yeah, I'm probably a little overly paranoid about stuff like that. Like I'm not that cool to have a giant leak, but um, yeah, I mean, I've sent it around to friends and like my team and obviously my co-writers, but yeah, we try to keep some air of, you know, mystery or element of surprise as much as you can. But um, yeah, I think we kind of accomplished that, but here we are. It's, it's out. So circles around this town, we've been playing it all morning. And you wrote this with Ryan, with Julia Michaels, and with Jimmy Robbins. And so tell me about this. Did you all four write this in the same room? And do you get in the room and go, all right, I got this idea. How does this song come together? Yeah, I epically failed at the Zoom co-writing phase everyone was in in 2020. So I just decided, like, I don't really want to write over a computer until we can safely do it in person. So we all quarantined uh, in the fall of 2020 so we could be in person with Julia and Jimmy, uh, because obviously Ryan and I are in the same house. But um, yeah, we we all wrote at Jimmy's place and it was my first time uh, writing with Julia. And obviously she's a mega talented songwriter and artist in her own right. And um, yeah, I just, you know, I tried to come prepared and, you know, writing with her, I wanted to come with something. So I had the title circles around this town and the hardest thing when you're writing with people that are writers, but also artists is figuring out who are we writing for today? And um, I, I was outvoted and everyone decided this was going to be mine. <laughs> so, but I'm glad that they pushed me in that direction because they were right. So as you guys are writing the song, uh, let's say you're not even finished yet. You haven't declared who is actually going to get the song. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, I think in the first 30 minutes, we were trying to figure out what the first verse would say because I had the chorus pretty flushed out. And Julia was just like, when did you move to move to town? And I was like, about nine years ago. And she just started kind of quizzing me on my background and what she was doing very brilliantly and very slyly was getting lyrics out of it. And then it was decided that it was um, my story. And we just, I really leaned into it in the second verse where I kind of name drop older songs of mine that kind of were the stepping stones to where I am now. But um, it ended up being one of my favorite songs to kick off this whole record. And um, yeah, I'm, it's probably the most specifically autobiographical song in my repertoire. Marion, you said one thing you hope not to do this year in 2022 is fall on stage. Have you ever fallen on stage in the middle of a big show? I mean, I've had some close calls, um, wearing heels, tripping on cords, but not fully eating it. But I mean, now that I say that, it's going to happen this year. <laughs> yes, yes. You have sealed your destiny. I was watching, yeah. maybe it was an Instagram Live, it was some clip, and you were doing uh, the, the 21 questions, which was really funny, by the way. Great, great content there. And you were talking about, I think the question was, what's the weirdest thing in your closet? And you said something about all the fake hair. Like, what does that mean exactly? And how much fake hair is in there? Um, more than I would care to admit. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's, Ryan is so curious slash grossed out by it because it's just dead hair that belonged to someone else. Um, if you think about it, it is really bizarre. But yeah, there's there's some clip-ins. There's some like wigs in there. There's some fake bangs. Um, just, you know, every shade of color because I change my hair a lot. 
so yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot in there and it's probably just all some Russian girl. that. <laughs> Another thing that you were talking about, cause I really love that 21 questions thing where you were talking about, uh, I think the wildest thing you had done. And I was going to ask you about this anyway, was that, cause I talked to Ryan, uh, your husband about it was you getting in that fighter jet. So when does someone call you and say, Hey, Marin, we'd like for you to do this. Or do you kind of reach out and go, Hey, if anybody's got a fighter jet, I'd love to hop in one. <laughs> Definitely the former. I don't know if I could ever be ballsy enough to reach out and be like, put me in this jet with you. But um, no, the, the, the Thunderbirds, the Air Force Thunderbirds reached out to me last summer. And I think um, Old Dominion recently did something similar where you do the training and you have to learn how to like train your body into going into, you know, G force and um, you know, knowing what I know now, I probably would have backed out because it was so intense, but I'm really glad that I did it. I scared the F out of myself and I'm, you know, I'll, I'll never do it again, but it was such an honor and just meeting all of those guys and women and, you know, being trained to go into the jet. I didn't throw up. And I didn't pass out. So I feel like that was a huge win. And they actually told me that short, shorter women, because I'm 5'1", fare better with gravitational force and they don't get as sick or lightheaded as like tall men do. So I kind of hung that over Ryan's head. Marin Morris is on with us. Help me just understand this jet because you're in it and it looks awesome. You have a picture that you can frame and is an amazing picture for the rest of your life and you can show your kid and you know, kids eventually, if that's the case. But um, you get in this thing. Is it like an intense roller coaster or is it so much more than even, you know, the craziest roller coaster you've been on? Um, I remember there was a roller coaster at the Six Flags in Arlington, Texas, that was called G-Force. And you would lay back and then it would take you up and then drop you. And I guess it was sort of similar to what um, I did. I think I got up to five, five Gs. We were supposed to go up to 10, um, but yeah, it, it was a short trip, but I, I, yeah, it was a really claustrophobic environment. It's really tiny. And I can't imagine being in the single person planes because obviously I'm with a, a, a pilot. I'm not flying it, but um, it was very wild. Um, they give you these G pants or it's called the G suit and these pants you put on um, the second you go into G force, they fill up with air. So it's, um, it's compressing your blood flow in your legs and moving it up to your head because the reason people pass out is because the G force makes all the head, the blood rush out of their head. And that's when like the lights go out. So, I mean, but it was, it was a lot of, a lot of work, but, um, I just have so much more respect than I even had for anyone that is a pilot or in our armed forces that flies those jets, because not only do they have to stay aware while going into doing loops and going into G force, but they also like are sometimes in combat And it's just insane that they can function while up there. Yeah, if I had those pants, it wouldn't be filling with with air. I'll tell you that. (laughs) There may be air in them, but it's it's not going to be just air. I I have two final questions for you, Maren. By the way, Maren Morris is on with us. Uh, Brand new song, Circles Around This Town. We've been playing it all morning. We'll play it again a little later. Okay, two questions. My first one. I saw that picture of you and Amy Poehler. I'm such a massive fan of Amy Poehler. Read her book. Watch everything she does. How did that picture come about? And also, who asked for the picture? Because sometimes I'll also get to be around people that are kind of cool, but I don't want to ask for a picture because I don't want to be that person. 
So how did you get the guts to ask for the picture or did you not? Um, I did. I, I asked her and I actually thought of you because I know you've said as long as someone is not, you know, with their children uh, and you're a fan of them, it is totally OK for you to go up and say that you are you admire somebody and um, they would hopefully be, you know, flattered. But I I never go up to people because I just don't want to bother them. But this one, what you know, Amy Poehler growing up watching her on SNL was so formative in my like junior high and high school years. It's like who we would watch every Saturday night. And she was so funny. And then obviously Parks and Rec and Mean Girls and every iconic thing she's been in. I just thought, you know, what the heck? I'm going to go up to her. We were at this, um, the Beatles documentary that just came out a few months ago on Disney Plus. They were having a party at Henson Studios in LA, and my producer Greg was playing at it. And so we just randomly went last minute. But uh, Janet, my manager, and I left kind of early because I was shooting like album artwork all day and I was exhausted. So we left early and Amy and her manager were also doing the same thing. And so we had a moment where it was just the four of us all leaving and getting our coats. And I was like, I'm going up to her right now. And I just said, you know, I also had like two margaritas. So I think that was probably part of it, but I had the guts to go up to her. And I just said, look, I don't want to bother you, even though I am about to, but I'm such a fan of yours and your humor, uh, as not just a woman, but just as a human being that's shaped so much of my upbringing is just uh, so special to me and always will be. That's all I want to say. Good night. And then she turned to me and she was like, I know who you are. And she was like, I'm a huge fan and I love the high women. And I was just, I wanted to ball. And then I said, can we get a picture? And in the photo that I posted, you can actually see I, I like I look like I need to be medicated because there are tears <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> and, <laughs> but it was just so special. Like I think when you know that you're never gonna see someone like that again, just go for it. I love it. I, and I yes, I don't have the courage to do that, but I, I do say if you love someone's work and they're not with their kids or they're not eating, go tell them because they probably want to be told that. I mean, you love to be yeah. told that, right, Marin? And you're a superstar, and people would think that's Marin Morris. I don't want to bother her, but don't you like people going, hey, your song has changed my life. As long as they're not, you know, reaching their hand into your your macaroni, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm always so floored when people have the guts to come up to me because I don't have the guts to go up to people most of the time. Um, but yeah, it's a huge honor. And I think if you start becoming like a jerk about it, you should probably just call it a day and retire because like if you remember your 10-year-old self, that's what you like thought would be the coolest thing is people coming up and saying that they're a fan of your work. Last question. You have a new song out, but is this, you know, uh, the, the first part of a new project where we're going to get a whole lot more? Yeah, I'm an, I'm an album gal. I, I love making full records and it's, it's the first kickoff. So it's been about three years since I've put new music out and, um, this just felt like the first, the best first chapter to release. Um, and it, it's upbeat. I really, at the beginning of the year, just wanted to hear something that was jangly and fun and um, hopefully inspiring. And I, um, yeah, so it's, there's an album coming. It's, it's imminent. Well, and, I, and I'll wrap on saying this, that I, we have a little setup at the house. So if I'm doing any remote TV stuff, we have a little fake set and, in the background, I, I have two music things. It's your first album and Keith Urban. 
and way back in the day, it was a little note you wrote on there. And I just, you know, love the music and love you and Ryan so much. So whenever you do get the new album, I need a new like framed album to put there because I'll only replace you with you. That's the deal that you don't care that I'm making with you, but I'm making with you right now. <laughs> so when you get the new album, I'm holding that spot for you to put that album, that large vinyl print there as well. You're the first vinyl that I will send out. Um, <laughs> I do have a question. What, which Keith Urban? Uh, it is the not this last record, but the one before that. And I, you're, you're putting me on the spot because I remember no names of any records at all. So it's the hey, one with jo- uh, John, John Cougar, all- John Deere. John 316, oh. that album right there. Um, John's hung. Yeah. Yes. All, they're all good. It's hard to pick, but yes. um, I'm honored to be up there with him on your wall. Graffiti You is the name there of that album. There it is. I And I promise I didn't Google that. <laughs> 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 all right, uh, Marin, uh, so glad you have a new song out. The, the radio, the streaming services are better when you have music out that people are loving and listening to. So thank you for spending time with us and hopefully we'll see you soon. Thanks. Y'all enjoy the snow day. All right. Bye, Marin. Bye. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Of course, with a new year means everybody's starting to talk about their resolutions for the 365 days. Bobby and Amy shared their resolutions or as you could call them intentions. Now, Scuba Steve, we need to talk. What is your resolution for 2022? Is it hella lame for me not to have resolutions? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think at this point, we're all just like growing constantly, right? That's what you should be doing. Yeah, I think we have resolutions just in general, always throughout the year and every day. You're always trying to, like you said, growing. So it's like I've never really, even as a kid, I've never been like, you know, I want to get in better shape. Or I want to eat healthier. All the cliche <laughs> resolutions. Um, I think one year, one of my resolutions was trying to curse not as much. I thought I, you were about to say curse more, and I was going to be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. No, like when I first met my, she was my girlfriend at the time, but now my wife, she was like, you curse a lot. And I was like, <laughs> Mouth of a sailor. <laughs> exactly. She's like, well, try to make it to, and it was like around the, the December time. She's like, can you try to make a resolution? And I was like, I don't do resolutions. She goes, but do this one where you try to curse less. She's like, you work in radio entertainment. You can't curse. You can't be on the radio saying curse words. So why do you curse so much? And I was like, maybe because I can't say curse words. So when I'm off a microphone, I want to get it all out. I want to say things like, I'm yep. just kidding. <laughs> but isn't it so true? I, I'm with you. I have the mouth of a sailor. And my, yeah. my parents have tried as they might <laughs> to get it to go away, but it doesn't. But I think it's so funny because I have such good self-control when I am on the radio or when I'm doing this podcast yeah. that it's never slipped up. Knock on some freaking wood around me. Yeah. It's never happened. But then I go home and it's like <laughs> the bombs are dropping everywhere. And I'm like, how do I manage to do it? There. For five hours, but I can't do it in my <laughs> daily life. Yeah, it's tough. I've, I've been the same where I haven't been able to. I've been able to do that except for one time when I was working in San Francisco and I said the F word on the radio, like <laughs> live on the radio, but because I was so effing frustrated at the people I was working with. Like a quick story, like we said, we're trying to keep this thing short. And here I go. <laughs> here, here it goes. We're, we're not going short. <laughs> it's a super quick story where they were wanting to put together this big party bus. I forget what the reason was. It was some sort of we always threw parties on this on this radio show of like with listeners like doing like get togethers and stuff like that. And there was a party bus they wanted set up before. Oh, I remember. Which also this- low, low key. Yeah. Party buses, so fun. Oh, party buses are great. They're amazing. They're amazing. So um, I was the executive producer of the show. It's called The JV Show and Wild and 849 in San Francisco. And we we, we do this annual event called Girls Night Out. And it's basically an event for women only. 
and it was usually for like moms and teachers and all these women who work really hard and have a lot of you know a lot of stresses in life we give them this one evening where they can all come together at this club not have to worry about sleazy dudes bothering them and trying to buy them drinks and hooking up with them and and touching them on the dance floor it was a chance for just a bunch of girls to get together have fun free drinks we had food it was catered we had that is an epic mom strippers night. like it was like it was always the best thing they've been doing yeah. it like prior to my time there but it's been like a staple in the bay area for a really long time and then we always try to elevate it every year. And then we did this VIP thing and they wanted to set up like a tour bus and all these other things to like drive around before the party and all these things. And I think so I did all these I got and everything we did, I would get for free because there was no money. If anyone listening out there, usually on a local level, there isn't a, a big budget. You usually yeah. try to get things through Radio trade. in general does not have a lot of money. True. Let's yes. be honest. We get some more cash on a national level, but locally you got to figure it out. Yeah. Whether through trade or however you can get it, you know, you, you get it. <laughs> you, you're working on those sales skills that you may not have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I developed over time. <laughs> and so I, I set up all these great things and I got all these things for the party and then they wanted a party bus and I got that. I got this like multi huge massive bus with like a pole in it and lights and all this it's like a it was a couple thousand dollars if you were to pay for it outright i got it for free got everything for free and then and i came the next day like to present what i what i had for this girls night out and everything and and i ended on the party bus because that was the big one they really wanted and i got the party bus for free and they're like oh it's great did you get free alcohol and then, and then it became like what the things that i didn't get but i couldn't get alcohol on the bus because it was a legal thing you can't yeah. Give listeners alcohol while driving, all this crap, and, they, and then they started going in on me and picking on me and calling me a loser. And I don't, I don't and they basically trying to get me to, to crack, yeah. even though they knew I wasn't. I knew after the fact they were just trying to get me to to get to the point where I got to, just for <laughs> content. But I was like, dude, I had spent all week on this crap, and I'd been here all day, 12, 15 hours a day, all this stuff, trying to get you your, your party bus. And, and I said the and party bus. And then, and then I was like, F you guys, I'm effing out of here. And I closed the door. Oh, you didn't do it just once. You dropped no, it three, I, three times. F-bombs. He may have caught the first F-bomb, but didn't catch the second or the third one. Dang, did and they get fined? No, we no one no one caught it. So oh, thank goodness. <laughs> that would, that would have made gone. it so much worse, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it would be an FCC violation. They would. But now fined. at least you can say like, hey, I dropped three F-bombs and nobody knows. <laughs> well, now, well, now, now they everybody do. knows, but, <laughs> but they can't do anything about it now. There's no proof of it, so this could all be a lie, but it's not, but it is, but it's not. <laughs> oh, and, and I and I go back to the party buses, cause, and, and I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't say low-key because now people know about them, but when I was in middle school, that was the party that I had. Like, if we wanted to get together with everybody, yeah. people had party buses, and maybe it's because it was Kansas, and, you know, there's at the time, there wasn't terribly a lot of things for us to go do that we hadn't already done for like PTO nights at school or whatever. Yeah. And so party buses were this huge thing. And gosh, if I could look back on myself and see how I was dancing as a middle school girl, <laughs> not my shiny moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and I, I look at young people now and how they're growing up so quickly and just the differences. But then I, but then I think back to myself on a party bus and I'm like, nah, I was pretty grown up when I was in fifth grade dancing to the genie in the bottle, <laughs> some songs that I shouldn't have been dancing yeah. to. <laughs> so I, I love that y'all did that as a station, but I do think party buses, like even still, like Nashville has all these crazy things drive around, but party buses, like oh, the yeah. genuine, actual enclosed, like bus, yes, yeah, not the one with the like wheels, the windows open, massive limo, basically. Yes, and yes, there's poles in them. <laughs> not yeah. that anybody ever knew how to dance in them. Yes, but those are so legit, and I think we should bring them back. 
I think yeah. we should bring them back as a thing. I don't know why they aren't. I know they get used sometimes for like wedding parties and bachelor parties and stuff, mm-hmm. but they aren't. They're not as big as they used to be. And maybe because of COVID and it's because it's an enclosed space. I think COVID, I think they got more expensive. Like when they yeah. first came out, I don't think it was terribly expensive to do it. Not any more than doing anything else. But yeah. now I do think it's more money. Yeah, but they are yeah. really cool. I'm not a fan of the ones that we have here in Nashville where it's. I mean, I get it. You're coming to town. You want to be a woo girl and have a great time. You mean the different variations? There's so many different variations. <laughs> it's actually fun to see all the different variations that they have out there from the school bus to the mm-hmm. open whatever tractor trailer. For me, they're just a pain in the ass because they're slowing down traffic and you yep. can't get around them. So for me, it's a bother and a frustration. I I'm do. sure everyone's having a great time on them. But well, I get worried, though, because where they drop off at, they drop off by Titan Stadium and they let them go to their cars. <laughs> and they've been drinking for like three to four hours yeah. and they're like, hey, drive home. And you're like, what? And I live pretty close to that area, so every time I go near there, I'm always in a little bit of fear that there's somebody driving drunk after being on a party bus for three hours. The unfortunate reality is I feel like that is most of the downtown Nashville area. Yes, yeah. We haven't exactly kicked that part of things into the bucket. (laughs) When when you were on here last, we were talking about issues with the city. Oh, yeah, infrastructure problems. I got to add that to the list. There's not a lot of uh, monitoring of things like that. Oh, yeah. Even though we have this massive downtown area, though, I will say it's very difficult to park in downtown Nashville. So that is yeah. the one saving grace is that most people do tend to Uber. Yeah, I think Mostly. you would. I mean, you live in an area now where you should Uber. You don't have an option. It's it's there. Uber mm-hmm. and Lyft are available to you. But can I point out and, and probably, you know, you being a dad, you, you haven't had to deal with the going out at all. But yeah. And we're in this weird period now where we're kind of back into COVID, but post-COVID-ish time right now, Ubers are so freaking expensive. Like they, you, they've driven up the price on them? Not even that. I just don't know if there's as many anymore because yeah. of safety and all of that. So like what, what used to be getting me from you know, my house to downtown was like 12 bucks and now it's like $50. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So then for me, instead of like driving drunk, I'm like, I'm just going to stay home and drink. That, yeah, that's exactly. my alternative. But yeah. I know some people don't do that. Well, if you think about the cost though, $50 versus $10,000 of a DUI yeah. with, with the oh, court case and or if you injure something. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it has made me save more money because now I'm just like, nah, I don't want to go. Yeah. That's it's good. not worth it. I'll just go to Costco, <laughs> pick up a bottle, hang out at the house. Yep. Exactly. Like yeah. house parties also came back, but I think. Party buses and house parties is going to be it for 2022. That's my heck yeah, my goal for everybody else in prediction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, talking about like the new year and everything too, is there anything in 2022 that you're hoping to accomplish? Uh, I don't. I mean, I I feel like I want to add more to the family, but I'm also nervous to add the family, not knowing where I'll be in three years. Oh, like um, a, another human another being. Another human being, yeah. Okay. Like, I, I still want more kids. And my wife and I are like, well, let's wait a little bit and see where we're at. Plus, we have the theory of, like, having the two now, letting them grow up to be five or six or seven, and then having one or two more because then they can help out because they're of an age where they can do stuff and understand. Yeah. Like, right now, my three-year-old is in the, no, 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 <laughs> no, I told you, no. And you're like, who the hell are you? And then I have a one-year-old who just, who just who's teething and crying, and they're of no help whatsoever. Yeah. So if we had a third kid, like Lunchbox... I feel like that must be absolute mayhem at his house with three kids under three. Yeah. It must be a awful. Lot of chaos all the time. There's no help. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't barely even help out. It's basically just his wife doing everything. <laughs> so I feel for her. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. So hopefully maybe a new baby, maybe at the end of the year. It may but the end if year, not, yeah. at some point in your life later. Later, yeah, another baby. And then I think at some point I need to figure out what I want to do because um, I've, I've always put off me and I've put everything into whatever show I've been a part of. 
uh, which is which has helped me and it's done great things for my career. But I've never done anything for myself mm. career wise or I, or I've started it and then I get so bogged up into my work again that I put I postpone my things for me, whether it be, you know, something to do in television or film or whatever or writing or whatever it may be. Like I'll jump into it improv and I did it for six months and then I got so busy with the secret show that I was I didn't have time to do it anymore. And I was like, I was doing so well at it and having so much fun with it and developing characters and then it got to the point where the, my role increased with the show and then adding Anna Ferris's show onto my lap. And I was like, well, now I don't have time for myself again. So I guess one thing I'll try to do this year, and I always say I'm going to try to do it, <laughs> is try to do something for me. I have a couple of t- TV shows. I, b- I have concepts I've been trying to write with some friends and haven't been able to do that. So maybe I'll spend this year writing a couple shows or something. I don't know. That yeah. Will... Don't say I don't know. Say I'm going to do yeah, it. I'm going to do it. I've I've had a TV show I've been trying to write for ten years. Yeah, you know what, Steve? Twenty twenty two is your year to finish that TV show. Yeah, well, I haven't even started it. Yeah, it's just concepts and like a, a storyboard. Well, I still <laughs> believe you have three hundred. Well, what is today? Three hundred and fifty nine days. Yes. By the time people, are, mm, the math is off. By the time you may be <laughs> listening to this, but right now, three hundred and fifty nine days to finish a script for the TV show. Yes. And I believe in you. Or at least one episode of the TV yes, show. Yes, something. Something something to get it out there to where I can start pitching it to somebody to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, I've already had, a, what sucks is the name of my show just recently got taken by a sitcom on CBS. And I was like, you mother. What is it? I've had the name. It? Well, the name I had for, for 10 years was a working title was The Neighborhood. And oh. and then there's that TV show out. I was Cedric the Tainer, and it was like the neighborhood. And I was like, "You asshole! That's my TV show television. That's my it's, name. It's the one that I had in my head that I haven't put together yet, but it was there. But it, it was, was there. Mine. It's been in my iPhone notes since I've had my iPhone three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I think you can accomplish that this year, yeah. but I, you have to be the one to make sure you do it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it's always on me. I'm the one. It's it's my fault. It really is that I don't carve the time out for myself, and I keep ingraining myself so much into other people's projects, which is what pays my bills. So I I have to do that. It's really hard. I mean, I will say, and you know, maybe some people who have very demanding jobs will, will feel this way too. But just in general, there's so many times that I come home because, you know, when I leave the studio, I work until nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night doing stuff. We live on our laptops. Yes. Like my, my whole existence is basically there from Monday to Friday and even on Saturday and Sunday sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get away from it, but like I, there's some days I go home where I'm like, how am I going to have a great career, take care of my dog, take care of the relationship that I'm in, have friends, have a social life, make sure I have a good body, also eat healthy. And yeah. I start <laughs> listing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm like, how the frick does anybody actually do any of this in 24 hours? Yeah. Not even 24 hours because we sleep hopefully eight hours of that, right? Like, yeah. I don't know, 18 hours. And I look at that and I'm like, that's so daunting to me. To even think about having that. And and a lot of people say you can really only have like three of those, right? Either yeah. you have like a social life and a great career, but you maybe don't have a great body. I don't know. Or yes. maybe you work out really hard and you have a social life. You don't have a great career, whatever it is. But I've always been like, no, that's not what's going to happen in my life. And I always try and make a point to spend. This is one, a goal for this year. It's not even a resolution. It's just something I hope to do is for 20 minutes a day. I take to focus on something that I want to do to further myself, however that looks like. Yeah. And maybe that's something you can use. Something that my therapist suggested to me because she's like, she's like, maybe it's five. Maybe you start at five minutes. Maybe it's writing stuff down. And then it goes to 10 and it goes to 20. But she's like, you need to take this space in each day to do something that is so important to you that you get done. Yeah. 
because it will fulfill you to keep moving forward. Because if you keep pushing it away, you're going to just keep resenting things and wishing for other things to come back instead of just being there in the moment and allowing yourself to do what you want to do in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So right now it's starting for me at five minutes where I just take time and I write down ideas. I have things that I want to do, things I want to accomplish at some point. And, and the, the basis of that was creating like my little, actually not a vision board. Cause it was all words, but just like things that I want to do things I hope to do. Yeah. And now I'm taking those five minutes every day to just be like, okay, here's an idea to go into that. So maybe you can use that tip that my therapist gave me as something to help you to write this show. So within your your thing of you putting, so are you eventually going to like nail down one of those things you're writing down and that becomes your 20 minutes a day? Or mm-hmm. is this 20? So, okay, so that's what you're it's building like a, towards. It, you're just growing like constantly gotcha. towards that goal. So like the first thing that I wrote down on the first day of it was like, these are things I hope to do in my career. This is what I hope to do in my personal life and yeah. and whatever. And then it's, it's just putting it on pen to paper, right? So so now it's like, you know, I hope to do more video content this year because that seems to really help for me. Yeah. And I can connect with people really well that way. So I started writing down ideas for videos. Now, as I've written down all of those ideas, in those five minutes, I can spend creating those videos as I keep moving forward. Gotcha. Okay, I see what you're saying with it. So yeah. it like starts yeah. that way, but you keep growing it. Yeah, and keep building it and expanding on it, yeah. But every day, it's just five minutes. So even if you don't get it done, you're like, I spent five minutes on it that were for this that I wanted to get done. Versus spending zero minutes on it mm-hmm. and doing nothing for it for yep. 10 years. <laughs> it's just sitting there. Yep. So yeah. it like forces you to do it like, hey, this is important for five minutes. You can set a timer. Yeah. Say you did it for five minutes. You're like, okay, I did something. Five, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, whatever time you can make. She was like, just find time to do what is going to fuel you because it's the only thing that's going to keep you, one, from getting burnout. Because I experienced heart. You and I both went through this at the end of last year. Hard burnout. Oh, yeah. So hard. Like crash and burn burnout. Massive burnout, yeah. And she was like, it's the one thing that's going to keep you moving forward from that. And it's the one thing that's going to keep you fueled and energized to move from day to day. Yeah. So if that's a tip that may help you, it may help some other people, but it has seemed to help me at least in these few, the starting few. And I think the way it makes me feel, I have a feeling it's going to continue helping. And it's a manageable time frame. It's not like dedicate two hours yourself. Yeah. It's five minutes, 20 minutes. So it's like, a, it's, I mean, it could just literally be as you're on your drive home if it mm-hmm. requires no writing or anything. Yep. Just 20 minutes to yourself thinking about whatever or making phone calls or something. Um, that's a good, that's a good tip. I like that. Yeah. Cause I can do 20 minutes. I can't do anything more than that. Right. Like I know that's really hard <laughs> yeah. and maybe it's only 10 minutes for yeah. you. Like, you know, I know parents and stuff like you should never, we get so caught up in our day to day that we kind of skip out on our passions and things that yeah. we may want to do. And the only way to make that happen is to force ourselves to spend a few minutes a day doing it. And that was like the helpful thing for me to remember because I needed it. I needed that reminder. Yeah. Cause you, you I mean, you know, like we heard a little bit of what you're going through on air when you were like, I'm burnt out. I'm done. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm super quiet when I go through burnout. I just stop talking to people. I just kind of go into a hole and try and get things done and push through. Yeah. I spiral. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like you're spiraling right now. I've been spiraling for the last two damn months and I'm going to keep spiraling until we get to Hawaii. I know. But even still, like then you come back, you're like, okay, here we go again. We're, yeah. You get back on the train and then it's, you know, monotony routine, and you yeah. keep doing it. So Maybe that helps you. I don't know. No, yeah, well, because my, my greatest fear, and it's already happened with the, with the name title, and that's I can figure out a different name title. <laughs> my greatest fear, and I don't see anyone taking this concept, is somebody is me watching 
something on the internet, whatever. And it's like, and it's like a film or a TV show. It's like coming this fall. And it's like the same or similar concept to mine. I will lose it. I will probably See? just and go into a dark space. If that happens before you give yourself the time to work on it, you yeah. can't do anything about it. Exactly. But if you start working on it about, you can do something about exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you can, maybe you can copyright something. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But if you start just a few minutes each day, you'll get there. Cause a few minutes each day for 365 days adds up to a whole lot of time. Yeah. doesn't feel like it in this grand scheme. And I'm somebody who loves to mark things off a list. Yeah. So I had to start like saying, okay, I could do a little bit each day. I had to like kind of separate that. Cause I, I love getting a project done. Like, yes, mark it off the list. I'm done. No more thinking about it. Yeah. But with something that's like this with a career or personal growth or whatever, you can't, it, it's not a, a one fix all and you can't just mark it off a list. Well, I mean, five minutes a day times 365, that's 1,825 minutes, mm-hmm. which divided by 60 minutes an hour is 30 hours a year, yeah. which is a lot of time, really. That's, that's, that's a, a lot day, of time. A day and change. Yep. Yeah. So at least like in, in a day, if you had a full day to probably sit and you have all your ideas, you can finish that, right? Yeah. If you actually had a day. But the reality is we don't have a day. Nobody has a no, day. No, we don't. Yeah. Especially when you have kids and you have a job and there, there's all kinds of things that you're doing, right? So, yeah, that's my pro tip for you. That right. came, not really came from me, but came from my therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> someone's going to pass it on. Okay. Right? I was like, you know what? When you're talking about I was like, this would be helpful for him. Yeah. Five minutes. I encourage you just five. Maybe start for a week and you see how it does. Okay. All right. I like that. That would be mm-hmm. helpful because I, I really want to get on this. And I say that every year. <laughs> I've even had like the phone call with my friends that I, I have planning to write with us. We even had like a meeting like four years ago when I was in LA. I was like, all right, guys, I'm gonna have some extra time. Let's get working on this. We like set a time. This is before even like Zoom and all that. We're like, how do we get together digitally on a screen? There was like a bunch of different like apps that you could use to like work together. And like we were trying to figure out that concept. Like how do we connect? We can do Google Docs and all this stuff. And then a week later, then we all got busy and never did anything. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about concepts of characters within the show and how we wanted to, to, to evolve and change and the constant characters and the, all that kind of stuff. So there's things going it's just we need to really get together and but this will be helpful the but you don't minutes. even have to get together now you just have yeah. to start writing now, but you now just it can just be put, me yep. yeah it can just be me and then once i get to a, a level where it's like okay now i can bring my guys back in and then we mm-hmm. can move forward on it yep five minutes a day okay. that's your start and then All maybe right. it goes to 10 or 15 but five minutes a day to start okay that's easy i encourage everyone because you will always get busy you will always have oh, other yeah. things to do but you need to take five minutes for yourself anyway so might as well do five minutes of something that you really like yeah that's true. Right? Yeah, I like it, yeah. Well, we're going to end on that note because I think we could keep talking about this for a long time. Because yeah. <laughs> our sessions always turn into therapy sessions and I yeah. know where this is going. <laughs> but right now, y'all can hear Bobby and Amy. They shared their resolutions for 2022 and what they hope to do this year. Number six. All right, so what's your resolution for this year? Ooh, I didn't really make a specific one, but I have a list of things I want to be intentional about. And one of them is taking more walks, but with just... Me, not anybody else, and no audiobook, no podcast, nothing. Just me and nature and my thoughts. But that's a resolution. You just made it more hippie. Okay, fine. You like to go on more walks. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm no not going to be all. De- I mean, I I want to be intentional about taking walks with me and nature. There you go. What a resolution. That's good. <laughs> and that's something you can do. Okay, but I mean, I'm also not going to be like, okay, if I don't do it, I'm a failure. Well, I don't think that's the case. Or we'd all be failure, <laughs> right? I know. So I just don't want to set that resolution expectation on myself. I just want to be more, like I said, intentional. What about you? Uh, I'm going to do less. Yeah. What do you mean? 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm really going to, I'm trying. <laughs> well, don't beat yourself up about good. on it if last, that doesn't work out. Last because- year, I ran myself into the ground. I'd have a problem with it. But uh-huh. my, this life is not just about me anymore. And so I was gone all the time shooting shows or um, working. And I, I'm just going to do less. I'm going to stay home more and invest into that part of my life. And I'm just going to do less. I don't really know what that means yet, but I'm. What do you say? I'm going to be conscious of the effect it has on. But. No, you're going to be intentional mm-hmm. about being more present at home yeah. with Caitlin and doing Again, less. It's the same thing, but you just have dreads when you say it. I'm kind of like this weird mm-hmm. non-hippie hippie person. <laughs> I hope everybody had a great New Year. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan Number Two. Amy's daughter got her very first iPhone over the holiday break. She's 14 years old, and that spiraled into a conversation about our teen celebrity crushes because her daughter has her celebrity crush on her screen of her phone. Scuba, we are different ages, not too far apart, but different ages. I admitted my celebrity crush on air was Aaron Carter, which was one of them. Mixed him up with Jesse McCartney, which was also another one, and then Justin Timberlake. (laughs) There, there, There was so many in my time frame. But I love hearing guys' celebrity crushes because most of the time it's supermodels. Yeah. So I want to hear who yours was. So as a child, my massive, huge crush, and I remember like I remember just seeing the like the moment I realized that I was like, okay, I'm in definitely in the chicks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's a good way to figure out what you like. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. I remember seeing the magazine cover at the Publix or Winn Dixie, whatever it is, by my house. And it was a supermodel. No, it was not a supermodel. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't a supermodel. Uh, but definitely a celebrity. Okay. And we've had her on the show recently. We've had her on. Oh. Uh, Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. Oh, Mariah like, Carey changed the way I thought about my body. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I saw this Mariah Carey magazine cover. I think it was, what year was it? Maybe like 96 or something, like 95, 96. And I was like, I was like, good God. I was like, that's a woman right there. <laughs> and then I then I started like getting enthralled in her music videos on MTV mm. and everything. And and like I was just like I, I mean I liked the sure the music was great whatever, but I just could not get over Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. I would think about Mariah Carey all the time. So was this the first interview that you'd been around for? Or I assume with Ryan Seacrest that maybe at some point you guys did yeah we had stuff Mariah Carey on a couple of times yeah okay so when the first interview happened or when this first. First time you got to interact with Mariah Carey in yeah. some way, how did that go? So it was on the phone, so it wasn't anything in person. Okay. But the interview was funny, though, because we're interviewing her about whatever she was plugging at the time, and we're talking to her, and midway through the interview, it just cuts out, and Ryan's like, hello, Mariah, Mariah, and then we figure, oh, the, the phone dropped out, she'll call back. You know, minutes go by, no call back. We reach out <laughs> to the PR person, no answer, and like a whole, whole day goes by, so we don't end up airing the interview because it just stops. And we get an email the next day saying, oh, Mariah was in her swimming pool and the phone dropped and she just carried on. <laughs> what? They just, just like forgot like, about it? She was like, oh, whatever. And just and just like she's at that level where she's just like, mm-hmm, whatever, and just kept swimming in her pool or whatever the she was doing, floating on her raft. She just dropped a phone and like, think about you and me. We drop a phone in a swimming pool. Oh, my like, God. What's happening? What do I do? Oh, get a bag of rice. Hurry. And she's like, eh, it's fine. I'll get another one later. Somebody go get me one. Yeah, someone go pick up another one, please, now. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. So so interacting with her in kind of a professional form, did it change the way that you kind of, the thoughts you had when you were younger at all or nah? 
Um, no, because when I was younger, I'm, you know, that was, it that was, was all that was Mariah Carey. Physical. <laughs> it was all physical. There wasn't anything about her personality that I cared about whatsoever. Mm, fair. <laughs> so it was a physical attraction. Definitely a dude over here that we yeah. got talking. <laughs> Definitely physical. Um, emotional uh, happens when you fall in love with somebody. I didn't really fall in love with her, and I guess I didn't know her. You fell in some lust. I felt it was lust. Exactly. Mm. It was lust. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Now, and, and when we were talking about these like celebrities back in the day, it got me thinking about like nostalgia. Nostalgia has been so big in recent years. Everybody's oh, yeah. bringing everything back, right? Yeah, it's comfort. What is something that you miss and you don't miss from back in the day? Um, Something I miss, I really miss, and I don't know if you ever did this, but I was such a nerd for it, was I used to love calling like like phones, like being on the phone, but then when you call a phone and it'd be like, I'll give you a, a, an example, like Halloween Horror Nights. I loved Halloween Horror Nights and I loved every year calling the universal phone number and selecting the option for Halloween Horror Nights because then it would come on and it was this audio presentation of Halloween Horror Nights and they'd have a voice actor and it was my one of my goals to be like, oh, one day I'm going to be the voice guy for the Halloween Horror Nights phone line. <laughs> when you call it a Universal and select option three for Halloween Horror Nights, this voice would come on and it'd be like, Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. It's like all I seven. can think right now is this is like an NSFW line, but like kid edition is <laughs> totally. all I'm picturing right now. Like, <laughs> I, I gotta call Disney. Yeah, and Disney was another one. But I'd be obsessed to hear about Halloween Horror Nights and this year's, uh, and you get to listen to all the horror houses and the scare zones and, mm-hmm. and Jack the Clown's coming back <laughs> and all the stuff. And it was such a thrill to hear it because I couldn't go. I was a kid. My mom was not letting me go. So I would see the commercials and be like, call Universal now, 1-800-whatever. And I would remember calling every year and I would call and I was like, every year I would get so anxious to call to see when they would update their phone. And I, call, I remember calling like July, August. And finally, at the end of August, September, they started they started doing their options for the Halloween Horror Nights. And I remember just sitting there listening on the phone for five, ten minutes and then calling back every couple of days to hear it to see if there's any updates to it. And if there wasn't, I would be fine listening to it all over again. And it I used was to like love calling. It was like your story time almost. It was, yeah. yeah. And then I used to love calling Disney and hearing about Disney's things and going through their options and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then if I ever collected an option where it would go to pass me to the operator, I'd, I'd like my stomach would drop and I'd quickly hang up because <laughs> I didn't want to talk to a person. I just it's wanted like to hear. It's like a prank it. call, but not. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I used to so love it. Do they not do that anymore then? I don't know because I, I haven't called the number anymore. doing it. Yeah. I stopped calling the number. And then I got to a point where I was old enough to actually go to Universal Halloween Horror Nights. And I would just go and experience it myself instead of hearing about it. Yeah, you're like, I don't need to listen to audio anymore. I can see and experience this entire yeah, thing now. I can get my Jeep and drive down to the Halloween <laughs> Hornets and go myself. Take my boys. Let's do it. Oh, that's a good one, though. That's funny. There, one thing that, and, and everybody knows my obsession with Taco Bell, but uh-huh. I love old school Taco Bell. When Taco oh, yeah. Bell used to be like the pastel colors. Yes. And you would get like um, a soft taco and you'd get the cinnamon crunches. And Do they still have the cinnamon twists? Is that oh, still yeah, on the have- menu? Okay. And the Mexican pizza, which they are okay. finally bringing back in 2022. Okay, cool. Yes, for everybody who tagged me, I saw it. I know. Yeah. I'm so excited. Because <laughs> um, as a vegetarian, Mexican pizza was something I could get. You just put beans instead of meat yeah. in it. And so I always ate Mexican pizza I, in in my little white uh, it, my little white chair at Taco Bell with my cup that looked like it was from the 80s. Yep. And I would just sit there and I would eat my Mexican pizza. So I miss old school Taco Bell. Yeah, I wish they would kind of, I feel like they built some new ones. There's one closer to where you live, mm-hmm. um, and they've kind of, they redid that one. It, it almost has like a, 
the esque of the old Taco Bell mixed with a new or like a modern version of it. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. But I wish they would do just one old school Taco Bell somewhere with the brick and the old uh-huh. crappy like look in the front. That'd well, be really I cool. I think it'd be so cool if some of these businesses that have been around for such a long time like took their old look but made it modern, right? Like yeah. you can. You, you can still have a very like well-kept building and still look like it's from the 80s. Yeah. Why don't they do that with cars? Like I love older cars but the problem with getting an older car like bobby's had a problem like they they're a piece of crap they mm-hmm. fall apart they break unless you've done a full remodel on it and put a new engine in and everything well because but, the parts aren't even here anymore and the parts, either, yeah right? and it's like, tough but what if like what if a, a, a manufacturer like a hyundai or something did a retro version of a car but like a new like like shoes they come out with jordans mm-hmm. but they're newer they're retros but they're the shoes that came out 20 years ago why doesn't a car manufacturing company take an old car but make it new but mm-hmm. it's old like Ford kind of oh. did it with like the Mustang, but they kind of gave a look to it. But it wasn't the actual old vehicle, but just new. Yeah. Well, and we've done it with clothes and shoes. Yeah, to all your the time. point, why can't we do it with businesses and everything else? And car, like, yeah. We're um, there. Everybody's ready for the nostalgia. Yeah, I'd love to drive a 55 Chevy, but it's a brand new 55 Chevy mm-hmm. from 2022. It's got the same exact body, same everything, but with just everything inside could be all digital and yep. new and whatever. But the outside body is the old car. Like that, and it has one mile on it, like brand spanking new. I have I to believe love that. that's happening on some level. I have to believe that. But that, they haven't rolled it out yet, though. I know. None. I There's no vehicle brand that's done that at all. Yeah, I'd love to see that. So de- definitely cars. That would be cool. Yeah. And, and, and businesses, if they can. Re- like, I was yes. on TikTok and somebody, somebody showed like Target. This is a crazy thing that happened over the holiday break. So somebody showed like an old school Target. First of all, do you even know Target was around in like the 1980s or whatever? Yeah, it came around like the 80s or early 90s, I think. Yeah, yeah. and it looks so old school. You see all oh, the yeah. people in the old outfits like in this Target. It's old pictures. And I, I show my dad, I'm like, this is so crazy. Is this what Target looked like? And he was like, yeah. He's like, you know, actually, I built one of the first ones in Wichita. And I was like, wait, Did that built what? a Target? Yeah, he was like Whoa. one of the people that helped build one of the first ones in Wichita. And I was like, Holy crap. how did I never know that? He's like, it was one of my first jobs out of high school. Like, I was just building stuff. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Before he got, because, I mean, gosh, he's been with, like, the airline side of, of everything in Wichita and Boeing uh-huh. and Spirit and all of that since before I can remember. But before that, he was like, yeah, like he, my my grandparents, I know, had a restaurant that he worked in. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, apparently he built a Target. Wow, that's pretty freaking. So what's, <laughs> your, so what's your dad's, I guess, position or what does he do now? What's his profession? Unfortunately, I can't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like he can't even talk to me about things, yeah. which is crazy. So but. your dad was like my dad then. My dad worked for Page Abject, which is like a, a plane company mm-hmm. that was based in Orlando area. They, they folded and then he moved to Melbourne and uh, worked for Patrick Air Force Base. And he would travel all over the country, like Guam, Iraq, and Iran. This is in the like, 80s and 90s before all the wars happened. Yeah. And he'd always come back with like injuries and stuff. And we'd always be like, what did dad do? Mom's like, oh, he fixes airplanes. And <laughs> and so we found out years later, he's dead now. And I don't care if he gets in trouble because <laughs> he sucks. I don't think he can get in trouble. <laughs> he can't get in trouble now. He's gone. Yeah. But he was one of the people that worked on, before we went to war with Iraq and Iran, all that stuff after 9-11, they were having turmoil already. And of so, course. Yeah. So he was he would go over to Iraq and Iran and he would fix and build fighter jet planes for the government. And he was working on some other top secret stuff that my, I still will probably never know about because he's long gone. But yeah. he'd work on all kinds of stuff for the government. And he would kind of like maybe that was probably why he became the way he was getting addicted to drugs and alcohol because of the crap that he saw yeah. that he mentally couldn't handle what he was around. And it could have been alien stuff like he could have been mm-hmm. involved in all that stuff that I'll never know. Because he he worked for the government and he had to keep his mouth shut. 
Yeah. I remember him coming back traumatized almost every time he come back. He come back from Guam and he and it was like a different. Every time he come back, he got he got older and older looking and more and more like anxiety ridden and would yeah. drink more. And I'm like, oh my god, like as a kid, you didn't really put it together. But looking back on it, you're like my dad must have had a really tough job working. It, yeah, and, and it doesn't excuse things, right? It but, doesn't no. But it gives you an understanding and that helps in some way. I think. Yeah. I guess like with our jobs that we talked about it earlier, the burnout, like I could, I could easily become a drug addict to mm-hmm. numb the pain, but I, I guess I've seen the example of it and I'm like, ah, oh, well I've seen what that can do. So I need to stay away from that. So maybe that was yeah. my example for me to be like a high stress situation, just go other routes versus the routes your dad went. Yeah. <laughs> he became your example. Example. So yeah. so in a way was, he was a lesson, but yeah, it doesn't it was, mean it made it any easier to go through it. No, of course not. No, no, no. And it's fine. I'm, I'm well over. I'm not going to cry in this episode. <laughs> no tears. I no swear tears. I don't try and make you cry. Yeah. But it was just interesting. I guess my whole point was it's interesting that your dad and my dad probably have a very similar past. And they may have even worked together and I didn't even know it. Because he traveled yeah. all over the country and all over the world. Yeah, I mean, on some level, you know, and now, like, the only thing that he can say is that he works for the military side of things. And yeah. Like once we knew about the turmoil, turmoil in Iraq and Iran, he's like, yeah, because a lot of those planes you see flying over there to bomb crap. He goes, I fixed those or built those. And I was mm-hmm. like, holy crap. And it's so incredible. fascinating when you, when you, and, and maybe it's just because everybody loves government secrets, right? Oh, like yeah, of course. there's all these things that we love to find out that we were not supposed to know or weren't supposed to know at one point, And now we get to know. Um, but just hearing my dad talk about it, it's really cool. And he's so excited to share it, but he's like, I can't. He's like, one day I will. And I'm like, yeah. this is crap. I want to know what you're doing. Think about him, though. Like, he had this awesome, cool secret that you uh-huh. can't tell anybody. And you want to tell everyone, but you can't. Yep. But you want to. He can't even have his phone. He has to check it before he goes in. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. So he's like one of those guys that flies in the Area 51 where they go on those secret <laughs> planes out of uh, the, Listen, the Mojave Desert. I have loved to talk to my dad about aliens since a long time ago but yeah. no he, he's not doing anything with aliens at least that i'm aware of because yeah. i think he'd definitely be freaking out to tell me about it because oh, that's yeah. always our our thing because he'll, he'll call me about about things and be like we'll talk about things that people spot in there and i'm like is that what it is and he's like no that's not what i'm working on morgan and i'm yeah. like cool <laughs> yeah oh man so so yeah that that is a super cool part about my dad but i don't even remember how we we, we were that. asking about nostalgia and then things that we love and hated. And I just talked about how I love calling the hotline at Universal Studios yes. to hear Halloween Horror Nights. So those are things we loved. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you're asking about the things that we, and you would talk about Taco Bell and all that. Things we don't love was the next question. Yeah, what we don't miss from back in the yeah, day. Yeah, we don't miss. You yeah. know what I don't miss? Gauchos. What? You ever see girls wearing gauchos? Gauchos. Their pants, they, they were like leggings, but they okay. were like wide-legged, right? Oh, like the bell-bottom pants, right? They weren't bell-bottoms. They were they were capris. Let me look it up real quick so I can... They were like at your... Instead of at your ankles, they were at your like mid-calf. And they gauchos. spread out, but they... Oh, I wore gauchos all the time. And yes, they were oh, comfortable, Oh, yes, but, yes, these. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh right, my, those? Yeah, they don't look quite as wide-legged as that. But yeah, okay. back in the day, I wore so many gauchos. And please, if somebody ever tries to bring them back, which I feel like they're kind of being brought back, just don't. It's like it's like the it's like the Jinko jeans high cut off look. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, the right is definitely what most people wore in that photo. Okay. Yep. Yeah. My ex wife wore those, and she yeah. was terrible in them. Oh, they're they're, they're <laughs> terrible. Whoever thought a a wide legged capri at the calf was a good idea? Yeah. I have no idea. Or flattering in any way? It no. Terrible. It was like a a mix of jean and legging at the time, and now we have leggings, and obviously yeah. that's what everybody wears. But if somebody ever tries to bring back gauchos, I literally made. Screw the fashion world myself. At yeah. That point. <laughs> yeah. They bring back everything back. I think we've almost 
not we haven't, but they haven't accepted new ideas. And it goes even to film and television. Mm-hmm. Like we're constantly recycling things just because it's easy. And people are like, oh, I remember that. And I couldn't get it when I was a kid or whatever. So I'm going to buy it now kind of thing. But I wish we could come up with some new concepts and new ideas for fashion and and for entertainment. But yeah. it seems to be people don't want new. They they want old but old new. I well, and I, and I think like I can attest to that side is that I always go after my comfort TV shows and movies that make yeah. me feel good. And maybe that's why is we're just in the side that we just want to feel good. We don't, yeah. we don't want to worry about anything else at this point, especially after like the last two and a half years. We're just like, you know what? We just, we want to feel good. We want to feel the way that we felt in the nineties. Give me a reboot. Yeah. Give me a, an all and cast tell all. I'll watch all of it. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah. you know what? All my fr- favorite, I've been watching the sex in the city reboot. I'm okay. obsessed with it. Like, I'm all about it. So I'm the worst sucker to say like, no, we shouldn't do it because yeah, I yeah. <laughs> do it all. You do it all the time. Yeah. Yes. But what what about you? Is there anything you don't miss from back in the day? I don't miss from back in the day. I was trying that to think about that. you hope doesn't, doesn't make a resurface. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I try- mean, even flip phones are making a comeback. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Like Samsung came out with a flip phone or the Razer yeah. came back. Well, Motorola Razer. They're even making ones that fold. And I'm like, excuse folding me. screens. Yeah. I saw somebody at the gym with one of those and I was like, why? Tell me why that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And how, how long is that going to last? I know. I feel like I, it's going to have some sort of technology issues with it, but but they yeah. say it works. One I, is like a full round screen. I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. But. Yeah. I saw a lady using it at the airport. It looked pretty cool. I was it like, looks pretty cool. cool. Yeah. But then the problem is then you become that person in the text group that has the green and you ruin everything mm-hmm. for everyone on the yep. iMessage. Nobody you're, likes you're, that. You're that person. You also can't have a case on them. Like, who's going to make a case for that? It's going to look like a box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How does that case work for that as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some things that I don't like from the I past. I mean, I it's don't. It's hard, though, because most things we do like because we're like, oh, that yeah. has good memories. I really liked a lot of things. Maybe there was a candy you didn't like. Uh, I like, you I like, know what was a good candy? Big League Chew. Big League Chew. Yeah, everyone mm-hmm. forgets about a good Big League Chew. So good. Oh, yeah. I love Big League Chew. Putting a big old wad in my mouth. Uh-huh. And I used to love taking, um, you ever seen uh, ground, they, had, they used to do, <laughs> I used to try to act, because my friends would all dip, and like when we were 18, 19, um, and I didn't want to, I dipped one time and I threw up. <laughs> and so I would like, to, to try to like, look like I'm still dipping. They had like this jerky chew and it come in a dip can. So it looks like it, but yep. But it's beef jerky. Mm-hmm. And so I put that in my lip and I would look like I was dipping with them, but I was just, it was, it was beef jerky. And then at the end of it, when they were all done with it, they'd like take it out of their lip and they throw it out and I would swallow it. And they're like, dude, you swallow your dip. And I was like, yeah, bro, I'm pretty hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> you probably still have them fooled to this day. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, well, unless they oh hear this. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, maybe you don't have anything, but I do have some questions from okay. you. Not from you, for you. <laughs> from people on my Instagram that, okay. I, that I posted. So we'll get into Hawaii, our holiday breaks and stuff, in the, the last one we'll do. So we won't okay. talk about that quite yet. Um. Let's see. Some of these, we, somebody said, don't make him cry this time. Okay. <laughs> Another one. Just don't cry. Y'all had me in tears. <laughs> um, yes, he's the best guest. Okay. Um, how do you feel now that like when you moved away from your family Yeah. from California, which you guys had out there, how was that for you and how is it now? Um, for me, I think it's more, it's more difficult. My wife, cause I moved away from my home, Orlando, Florida, like 15 years ago. And that was a struggle. Um, and I dealt with that 
living in San Francisco, but it was kind of cool because I got to live in a, a really cool, amazing city during a time when like Twitter was becoming a thing and they developed Instagram and all this cool technology was being developed. And I lived in a place where it all stemmed from San Francisco, Silicon Valley. So it was kind of tough at first, but then just immersing myself in the really interesting culture and just kind of forgetting about, forgetting about that. I had not forgetting about that. I had family, but trying to think about it as much, and just immersing myself in everything that the city had to offer. And it was a cool new space and just doing as much new cool things as I possibly could to kind of numb the pain of not having family and friends around, mm -hmm. which then helped me develop a new circle and new friends and that kind of stuff. Um, but for my wife, she's, she's had a little more of a difficult time. Not when we moved to LA because it was still close enough to San Francisco where we could, it's an hour flight or a five hour drive. So that was good. This move has been very difficult on her. Um, and it wasn't going to be difficult until we had the freaking pandemic and then yeah. travel ceased and we couldn't do anything for a solid year. And she used to see her family before moving to LA, she'd see them every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and she has a big, huge Filipino family and they all live like within a one mile radius and they're always cooking for each other and hanging out and having house parties and watching movies. So it was a very close tight knit community, which I then got ingrained into. So that helped me with missing my family as I got adopted into her family and then we moved to LA it was a little bit all right we would see them once a month and then moving here to Nashville was, was really tough on her um, and then again with the pandemic made it even more difficult so she had the toughest time more than I did uh, with the move from the family and as <laughs> and the answer is if she has gotten better and gotten over it a little bit it's a little helpful now that we've developed our own family yeah. with our kids and stuff that kind of helps with it and then we've had a little bit of travel here and there to see family uh, which has kind of helped with her coping being away from family. But I think uh, overall, not fully there yet with um, being okay with being away from family. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that you ever get okay with it. Right. I mean, like the best thing yeah. I ever did for myself was move to Nashville and this career and just moving away from home. It was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. But like, I miss my family every day. That is oh, yeah. the toughest part about it. And so I, you know, I, whereas my sister is a huge homebody, she wouldn't, moving to Nashville wouldn't have been the best thing for her. Yeah. I think you have to like, too, as a, as a person, just figure out if you can handle that. It, it's different for everyone, right? Yeah. It's tough. Some people just, they're in their comfort zone and then mm -hmm. they, but then, but also it kind of sucks for them too, because you never get to experience anything else because yeah. you've never put yourself in an uncomfortable situation because it's yeah. tough to do. Mm -hmm. It's well, hard. I think if you're going to decide to be one of those people to stay, stay home or stay close to family, then you make sure that you travel a lot or you get Traveling's experience good. Yeah. a lot of other things. Cause that will help that gap. Right. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I do agree. I just don't think you ever really get you past don't. it. You just kind of learn to live with it. And I mean, I talk to my mom every day on the phone. Yeah. My niece and nephew are growing like crazy. And I'm like, how is this happening? Like last time I saw you, I feel like you were crawling. Yeah. It's hard. It's so hard, but it's also very important for your own personal health to grow oh, yeah. beyond that. And it's a cool experience if you get to experience it. Yes. Yeah. It is a great experience. And I've, I'm very grateful for the move at, at the moment. I was like, I'm moving to San Francisco. My ex-wife this is ridiculous. I'm leaving my family, my home. I was like, this sucks. And I was like, but I'll make the best of it kind of attitude because mm -hmm. I'm going. So and I, I didn't even know anything about San Francisco. All I knew was the 49ers. I had no idea what it was. And I figured California. So I, I came there with my sandals and my shorts. And now you couldn't imagine your like kind of 
path of growth without it, right? Oh yeah, that's how I met my mm-hmm. wife. That's how I. That's how. I, that's how I figured everything out. I grew. I, I was born and raised in Florida, but I became a man in California because that's where I moved there in my early twenties, and that's where I developed my personality and who I was yeah. and and everything and met you know more friends and got out there and it kind of got me out of my shell and I was I was not an introvert but a little bit of an introvert and then I became extremely. Extrovert. Extrovert, yeah, because then I was in a whole other mm-hmm. place, and, I'd, and it was and it was San Francisco. If you haven't been there before, it's very free everything, mm-hmm. free loving, free whatever you you name it. It's, it's there, and they're doing it. Very accepting. Very accepting, yeah. yeah. Which also was great for me too, because then it gave me another perspective on everyone's lives. Uh, I'm not saying I wasn't open to other things living where I grew up at, but going somewhere else where everything is accepted, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, cool. Like it gives you a different perspective on everyone's life. It immerses you into different cultures. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. My food culture just completely expanded because <laughs> there's within San Francisco, it's only seven miles, a little peninsula. But within that seven miles, it is jam packed. Like the blocks are only like as big as this this room. Like it's like the houses are stacked and there's every blo- every block's got a different restaurant. There's an Italian district. There's the Russian district. There's all these different. You districts. just told me Italian district. I need to go. Yes. Oh, that was the one thing. Oh my god, I was so excited when I moved to San Francisco. I lived near Chinatown, and then I realized when I because I'd walk every day. I get off work. I'd I would, well first time I moved there. I didn't have a job. Um, I quit my job to to move with my ex wife. Quit my radio job, and I was like, well, I'll just and that ex wife situation just keeps popping up and just uh, making me angry. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like to yeah. you, to your point, it it. Uh, it happened for a reason because if yeah. I didn't move, I never would be where I'm at right now. I'd probably be back. I mean, I'm sure I'd be fine living back in Orlando, doing everything. Different life path. Different life path. But this path, I'm glad I took because yeah. then I, everything happened the way it happened. But yeah, just being that Italian. Now I'm going to say Italian because you said it, David. <laughs> yeah. They had, they had this thing called Columbus Avenue very close to where I lived. And it's the Italian district. And it's got um, the Purple Onion, which is like a comedy club. But all these Italian restaurants. And it's like people that are like straight from Italy. Oh. And so I made it a mission when I would like almost, you know, once a week or once a month, I'd try out all the different restaurants and try out their lasagna. Because I feel like lasagna is the most basic thing that you could get right or wrong and if you can't do lasagna right then you can't do anything else right i have a feeling none of them messed it up um there was a couple but the majority of them were like phenomenal you still dream about them oh my god yeah because then i would go (laughs) back and try their other pasta dishes and it was all just incredible where it's generations and generations of people that came from italy and they pass it down to the next generation and the recipe sticks but yeah tangent but if you ever get a chance to go to san francisco Immerse yourself in the food culture because there's so much there. Listen, I'm a, a sucker for Italian little spots. Boston, New York. Now I got to go to San Francisco. So oh, thanks yeah. for that. Yeah. Steve. <laughs> um, Worth it, though. There's one in here. We'll, we'll do a quick hot take. So I had I had prepped this in the week, but I didn't get it brought up. And But now somebody's asking if we have any hot takes. Hot takes? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll share mine. Okay, give me an example. We're going to yeah. keep them short and sweet, too. Okay. Um, the Pope this week made me very mad. Okay. I don't, you know, I'm not Catholic anyway, but the the Pope came out and was like, basically said people who choose to not have kids and inside instead choose to just have pets. I saw that they're selfish, right? Yeah, they're they're selfish and it doesn't allow them to show humanity or something. And I was like, that is absolutely wrong in so many levels. But I never wanted to get into it. But for for one part of that. I do think it's entirely wrong because as someone who doesn't know if I want to have kids, I will absolutely have a lot of animals and having a rescue dog and continuing to rescue dogs and and cats and everything that I try and do. I have more humanity for things that can't take care of themselves. Yeah. 
than most people do who have kids. And that's not saying having kids is bad, but I'm saying it, it changes an outlook. I think there's benefits to both. Yeah. And to saying one or the other is wrong or right is absolutely like astronomically the worst thing you can say. Oh, totally. And it's also a great stepping stone to teach you how to take yeah, care of something. Yeah, if you want to have kids. Yeah. And maybe you find out you don't. Maybe you're like, oh, I love this so much. Yeah. And I had dogs first, so it was like selfish. Mm-hmm. And then I had kids, and now yeah. now I'm okay with the Pope now, which is kind of weird. Because, yeah, I had dogs, and that was my first thing was yep. two dogs. So that's my hot take. Okay. The Pope made me angry. Very angry. Not even just like a little. Very angry. So is a hot take something that has to do with the news? No, it could just be controversial. Something that you're like, oh, people may not agree with this. Um, it doesn't take. even have to be like bad. It could be like I don't, I don't like sushi. Oh, I don't. I'm like a friends. vegetarian. I don't like the movie. I don't like the, te- the television show Friends. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. That I don't is like a hot it. Take. I, I can't stand it. I've tried watching a couple episodes, and I'm just like, this isn't for me. And I like that era of television, like mm-hmm. Seinfeld and all the shows that came out then. But I just, I don't get, the, I don't get the Friends train. Can't not, get into Friends. Can't get into it. Not, not on it. I've tried many different episodes. I've seen it in in reruns and here and there, and I'm just like a. I just can't get into it. Well, I have a working theory. If you watched How I Met Your Mother, did you Which watch Which I have, it? yeah. If you are, How I Met Your Mother is your favorite show, then you're typically not a Friends fan. Okay. And, and why is that theory? I don't know. It's just enough people that I've talked to that yeah. seem to be the case because I've never seen How I Met Your Mother and Friends is one of my favorite TV shows. Okay. So and, you should watch How I Met Your Mother to, to see that theory is true. I don't see if it, see, and, yeah. and I've tried. I will say I've tried to watch episodes I just never got into. I don't hate it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's fine, but I just, I don't care for it. And most people that I talked to liked one or the other. Okay. It wasn't both. Yeah, I love How I Met Your Mother. I love the storyline and how you have, um, I almost said Danny Tanner, which is <laughs> his full character house. in Full House, <laughs> Bob Saget. I love that he narrates it. I do love And him. the whole storyline, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really cool concept. Especially when you get the payoff in the end, you're like, oh, my God, it's so cool. Yes. It's a great storytelling. And I guess mm-hmm. I like storytelling a lot. So that's kind of why I, I think I gravitate towards yeah. that versus the sitcom. Start asking people if you find out which one they like. I'm telling you, it's, it's, a, survey, work yeah, in, okay. it's a work in theory. Yeah, yeah. It's not It's not like, you know, 100%. There are yeah. some that will probably like both. But I think it's a thing. But majority would pick one or the other. I Yes, okay. I do believe so. Um, what's the craziest situation you've had to handle since becoming the exec producer of our show? Um, the craziest thing. I think I have a couple, but I, I don't think I can say them. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I know I'm going to ask you this and you're like, I can't tell you more. There's, there's a lot of things that I've had to do that I haven't, I haven't even told Bobby that I've just had to do because I just have to do it or okay. I have to make it go away. That's like what my dad tells me. Morgan, I can't talk about it. Yeah. I'm like the, I'm like the guy in the mob. I'm like the Frankie or the guy that makes it go away oh. or the guy that makes it happen or makes it go there away. There you have it folks. He makes yeah. things go away. How? We do not know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we don't ask questions. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of dead bodies buried in the Hudson. <laughs> okay. Don't say not. Now you're going to get looked into. Um, how do you think the dynamic of the show has changed since COVID? Interesting um, question. Yeah. It's interesting because it, it, it's kind of, it's had some ebbs and flows mm-hmm. in the beginning there was a lot of technology frustrations um, with between the home studios and the main studio. And that kind of, I think hindered us not creatively, but kind of was like, because we we're so frustrated with the technology and trying to figure it out and trying to figure out what the hell we're supposed to do. Cause everyone, it's a new thing that nobody had experienced in our lifetime. So that was really tough and it made the show a little different because there was a little bit of a disconnect and things weren't the same as they used to be. So there was like that era of figuring out how we're going to do this. And especially it was, I had just been here for only a few months thinking we're going to be doing a regular everyday morning radio show. And then it completely 
went up in the air and blew up. Everything changed. Everything changed. And like this whole strategy and plan that I had from day one never got, never became a thing because it was, it was, you know, unforeseen circumstances that we couldn't control. And that kind of changed things for a little bit. And the show became a little different and it just changed the dynamic of how we were handling things. But then it also kind of made us a little more versatile because then we had to figure out, you know, how to, how to make it work. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. I think a lot of things that you'll see or and to answer this question, a lot of it's more behind the scenes really of how things were versus what you would see or what you would hear on the radio, I guess. Yeah. Like the chemistry of, of things and the behind the scenes minutia was more different. That kind of just goes over anyone's head. If we had, if I had to sit here and explain it yeah, of what we did, but when I feel like life changes, situations also had a play in that too. Yeah, exactly. A lot of yeah. things changed for a lot of people in the last few years. It was a lot. Yeah. So the, mm-hmm. the, the dynamic of people's personal lives and personalities evolved and changed mm-hmm. based on the pandemic and based on personal things that had happened to them from Amy to Bobby to Eddie lunchbox, you, everyone, everyone. Yeah. yeah. So the show just kind of grew differently over the time and it changed a lot. It was almost like every, every week was a different week yeah. based on whatever new challenges we had to face either personally, professionally or technology, technologically, <laughs> everything, everything. Yeah. Oh, I have a feeling I'm about to make you cry again. So I'm oh, just God, not, I'm not going to, no, I, I, I'm saying if we keep talking about work and how we. Uh, oh no, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Work will never make me cry. You never know. Yeah, there's nothing. I, listen, I wasn't ready for the last one. I don't know anymore. Yeah, I know it's true. For me, like legit, work would never make me cry. It's it's the only thing that makes me uh, uh, physically and mentally emotional mm-hmm. is uh, family and things that like I've been attached to for. But this impacts that. It does. You're right. So that's yes. what I'm saying. It could. That's true. Especially when, you know, bottled up, twisted out, it's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. It Very can go true. in every, every direction. Do you have a question there that, that may get to that? Is that why you're... No, but oh, okay. I think if we keep talking about this, we'll get there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Probably. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, I will look for other questions. <laughs> <laughs> what other questions do uh, Well, a lot of them want to know about our, our holiday trips and everything like that. So we, we're just going to stop from this one. Okay. People can hear about Amy's daughter getting her first iPhone and our celebrity crushes, which is where this all started. Yes. And that's okay. We love going on tangents and we love going in different directions. That's always our best conversations. Yes. But for right now, you guys can hear that. And just coming up in a few segments, we will get all into Steve's trip back home. Hawaii, all the things, everything. Number five. Amy, what's up? Well, got my daughter her first iPhone. Oh, yeah, that's right. Big deal. That is a big deal. I was over at your house and she had a phone. Yeah, and, uh, you know, she's 14 and a half. A lot of, well, I'd say, I don't want to make a blanket statement. Make a blanket statement. Every single one of her friends at school has an iPhone, but, and church. Every single one of her friends at school and church has an iPhone. So it's just been a thing that was inevitable is going to come. We need a way to contact her, quite honestly. There's sometimes where she was at the school and she would have to call us from the office if she needed us. We had gotten her a different kind of phone, but again, she just wasn't really feeling it, so she didn't want to carry that one around. How did it make her feel that all of her friends and peers were trusted with a phone that and she, she wasn't right. trusted She was with only phone. trusted with a special phone that couldn't have any apps or do anything. I mean, that's a good point. Like, it was kind of like, why can't I have this? There have been some situations that have happened where, you know, trust was lost. So we had to work through some things and we did. And she proved to us that she can do it. And I mean, the iPhone actually is great, though. I had no idea you can just from your phone 
control so many things. Like I can shut her down. Like oh. we can just turn every app off. There's a certain time where it stops working. And then we implemented a rule that it has to, ch- it charges in our kitchen. We have a little nook area where all electronics now charge. And I will admit, I was not always that parent. I would let tablets upstairs. I still let some alone time with it upstairs, but I really wanted to be set a boundary here. And so it has to be used in a common area. And I'll go back to the question. How did she feel that she wasn't trusted with a phone while all of her friends were? I think that it bummed her out. And then she ultimately ended up sneaking stuff. And then that caused other issues. So we we made a repair with that. And now we're moving forward. And we trust her with the iPhone, except for we can shut her down. So what's the most surprising thing now about her having an iPhone? She has a screensaver. And it's not, I thought, oh, what's this new screensaver? Is it a picture of our family? A picture of your cat? Your fish? What is it? No, it is her celebrity crush. Again, she's 14, and the kid she has a crush on, he plays a kid on TV, Cobra Kai. He's like the Robbie Keane guy oh, on Robbie. Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah. He's the, I don't watch, so who's that? The blonde hair sensei, mm-hmm. his son. Yeah. Okay, so that kid. The bad guy from the original Karate Kid movie. Johnny. Yeah. Well, in real life, his name is Tanner Buchanan because I had to Google him, and he's 23 years old. Oh, he's that old. I I watched Cobra Kai. I didn't know he was 23. Well, at least that's what his, the Wikipedia said, 23. Wow. And I thought, okay, but that's okay. I'm sure I had crushes on older guys when I was 14. He doesn't look 23, but he hits his entire face as her screensaver. He's right there. Like, hello. How do you feel about that? I think it's fine. It's It's cute. I I mean, I had, I was obsessed with, you know, um, New Kids on the Block and NSYNC. We had posters. They have screensavers yeah. on exactly. digital devices. Perfect example. When you were 14, let's go around the room. When you were 14, we'll just say, who would you have had on your iPhone screen as your celebrity crush? Yeah, I mean, there's probably so many, but I, I think Dawson's Creek was picking up around then, so I would have had, like, um, per, what is the main guy from Dawson's Creek? Vanderbeek? Yeah, James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have had either Alyssa Milano... From Who's the Boss? Mm-hmm. And maybe that was a little before 14. Yeah. Or Danica McKellar, who played Winnie Cooper on The Wonder Years. <laughs> I was a big fan of both of them when I was a kid. Yeah. Morgan, I'm curious about you because you're a bit younger <laughs> than us. But when you were 14, who was your crush? It probably would have been Aaron Carter. Oof. Yeah. He, he turned w- out well. Yeah. Well, he sang Beautiful Soul. He showed up on Disney Channel all the time. <laughs> I mean, like, he was the hot guy. Did he sing Beautiful Soul or did Jesse McCartney sing Beautiful oh, Soul? Oh, yeah. And they combined to me. They, they are point. very similar. <laughs> so are you still sticking to Aaron Carter, Yes, though? it's still Aaron Carter because he showed up in Lizzie McGuire. And from there, I'm pretty sure everyone my age had a crush on him until we got into high school and realized we didn't like him anymore. I mean, I'm assuming Jesse McCartney sings it. What do I know about that pop stuff? <laughs> that, that dumb you uh, hard, hard throb pop stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Eddie, you're 14. Who was on your... Dude, back then, Kathy Ireland was everything to me. And she was probably like 30. You know, I was 13, she was 30, so... Do you know who that is? Yeah. She was a swimsuit model? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Lunchbox? Guys, it's easy. Cindy Crawford. Oh, my goodness. That little mole she had. She was the most (laughs) gorgeous woman in the world. Had her poster on the wall, and she'd have been on my screensaver. Woohoo! Her daughter looks exactly like her. Exactly. Kara Gerber. I mean... She, her daughter's probably 21 or 22 now. Yeah, she's good looking. Same. Mm. Looks exactly the same. Raymundo, what about you? Yeah, Katie Holmes. I had that poster of her coming out of the water. I believe it was Dawson's Creek. She was awesome. 
Katie Holmes. Yeah. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. She did a poster coming out of the water. Are you I sure? Know. I think you're thinking about. of Kathy Ireland or. No, that was my girl because I had it on the wall. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure okay. one quick Denise Google Richards search maybe? we can find it. Yeah, I never knew she was coming out of the water. She's <laughs> pretty wholesome to me. <laughs> Look it up. All right, we're going to play Blake Shelton, God's Country. Bobby. Oh, there it is. Ray, you're right. Wow. Yeah! I don't feel like oh, I should wow. be looking How at How old was she when oh, she took like, that? Do you see it? Yes. Got it. It's all, you can get an autograph uh, on sale, thirteen ninety nine. She looks like a kid yeah. in that picture. Well, but so Ray was Ray was at the kid. time. It's so fine. Okay. No, I know, the- but I'm talking about me. I don't. <laughs> even though I was a kid then too, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> looking at this this kid version of her. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. On New Year's Eve, Bobby hosted CVS's New Year's Eve show, which was one of the first ones from Nashville, and it was super cool. But he answered all of our questions about it and just shared some behind the scenes, which was pretty cool to listen to. So here you can have it right now. Number four. I hosted New Year's Eve live on CBS, which was really great. We had a big show. There was no rain. We were worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Raymundo had some questions about it. And uh, first of all, thanks to everybody who watched the show, because for the first year, the ratings were really good. Uh, they didn't beat Seacrest, but that show is, is just what everybody associates with New Year's. Yeah. Right. And so, but it was did really well considering it had never been a thing yet and hopefully represented country music well. So so just thanks. But Ray, what are your questions? Yeah, first off, were the performances when the country artists would play, were they live? Some were, some weren't. Because of COVID, we didn't know what we'd be able to do on December 31st. We didn't know what the restrictions would be. So we recorded... I went to one venue with Aldine, uh, Brooks and Dunn, and Darius. Okay, that's the one I thought. My sister and I were debating if the Brooks and Dunn one was live or recorded. Anything inside was pre-recorded because mm. we didn't know what we could do with COVID. Okay, gotcha. So there were like two or three pre-recorded places where we did stuff. And one point, because I had to go for two different things, I wore two different wedding rings. And one of them I had a sil- I had my silver fancy one, one had a red one on. Oh, no. And the listeners were like, why are you wearing two wedding rings uh, in that? Uh. <laughs> my bad. But yes, yeah, so some of it, but all most of my stuff was live. Anything on the big stage was live. All right, what else, Ray? Did you ever go and ride that scooter to Broadway, or did you just stay at Bicentennial Mall the whole time? Okay, I never, there was a joke. It's like, hey, I got to go to the bar, which we pre-recorded. So I said, if you see a six-foot guy on a, on a bird scooter weaving in and out of traffic, that's me. And it was just a joke. I never left. Oh. I just stayed there. Oh, I okay, believe gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what else? Yeah, so Caitlin, when y'all kissed at the very end, did you guys do that live, or was that recorded the day before? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was live. And that was, we weren't supposed to. As a matter of fact, they were like, do not put your, no, no spouses on stage. And I was like, all right, well, I'll get off stage and then bring her on. And so that's what we did. Uh, what else? The band members, if we saw some of them, were they all playing live when they did their stuff, or did some of them just use audio tracks? Why are you talking like that? And everything's all about is it live or not. Like, that's it. If you saw somebody playing, it was either played and then recorded or played live. There there was nobody was faking playing anything. (laughs) Okay. All right, one more. Uh, you have any more? I, I guess really it was just, so you're telling me that you guys convinced all the crowd members just to wear New Year's Eve hats and stuff a week ago? Yes. No, not a week ago. I shot some of it two months ago. What? Oh, wow, that was a long yeah. time ago. I shot some of it before I went to Costa Rica. <laughs> so those people, that's what, yeah. Okay, so those people were aware. Hey, this is pre-taped for New Year's Eve. Yeah. Just act like it's New Year's Eve. 
Yes. Okay. That's what. Okay. That's yeah. how TV's done. Guys. I know it is. But then when you get in arguments with other people, like my sister and I were just talking about, and she's like, two months ago. No, no, no. They had on the hats and the. I mean, so whatever. Y'all did a good job. Thank you. But, and <laughs> we wouldn't have tried to fake everybody out, but we just didn't know what we could do as a show because of COVID. Yeah. And so yeah, the I mean, inside stuff we did. Yeah. Um, thank you, Ray, for your questions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Dirks and I did a lot together on the New Year's show. Here's uh, Dirks and I. I asked Dirks, this is clip number two, Ray. Um, like, what's your favorite moment of 2021? For 2021, though, for you, like, tell me something really good that happened this last year. Well, you know, one of my favorite moments is seeing two couples come together in holy matrimony and seeing you and Caitlin's wedding, be invited to the wedding. One of the few was a special moment to me, man. It really was. I don't, I don't go to too many weddings. I've been to four weddings in my life. One of them was Steve on the drums because he got married on a Tuesday. So that's like the fourth wedding I've been to in my entire life. And it was the best one other than... The, the mine. And mine for you is you healed up from your bike accident. I did. You know? Yeah. Even though you're like 34, whatever, how old you are, yes, you healed up and you're doing yes, good. I am. Uh, here's another one. This is about two hours away from midnight, and I guess we were talking about what my mantra would be for the year. And I'm on the big stage. There's 20,000 people in front of me. Here's this next clip. Which means two glasses of champagne, a double apple juice for me. And obviously, since we're celebrating twice, everyone gets two kisses at midnight, right? Consensual, of course. We don't want anyone to get canceled, which is my mantra for 2022. Don't get canceled. Say it with me. Don't get canceled. (laughs) Hey, let me say this, because tonight is a great night. I do want to acknowledge Betty White, who brought us so much joy. She was about to have her 100th birthday. Betty White passed away today, and instead of being sad, let's just give a big old cheer for Betty White because she was always there for us. We love you, Betty White. Because I know she was watching CBS mm-hmm. from above. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. I know she had just died. She probably had a lot to take care of, but she was still probably watching that show. <laughs> I'll do one more thing here. This is uh, Eddie. Eddie texts me. Yeah. And he goes, hey, man, will you say Friday on the show? Oh, my gosh. And I was like, all right, whatever. I was really expecting a no. Like, honestly, I was expecting the text back to say, no, dude, I'm not doing that. So this is when the when the music note is dropping, right? It's about to be New Year. I fit in Friday as I'm on stage <laughs> on CBS. Here you go. It's Friday. It's almost Fri-yay. New Year's. <laughs> if you're at home, oh, go gra- wake them up. If they're in the bed, because I'm known to go to sleep early, go wake them up. There you go, Eddie. There you go, buddy. Hey, thank you. That you was the opposite it. response as the, from the Betty White thing. <laughs> like, it was like, really, dude? Friday? <laughs> <laughs> you got it repeated, too. I hope everybody had a good New Year, safe New Year. Uh, Mike D was real MVP for us because they were just laying low, and so he went over and made sure the dogs were good. There's fireworks, and dogs would freak out. But I uh, hope everybody had a good one, and hope you make a resol- resolution or a intentional gesture. <laughs> Whatever that's <laughs> called. Whatever that is. I don't know. An intentional... <laughs> Play your bongos. <laughs> oh. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. The update everybody has been waiting to hear. Eddie gave an update on the bologna sandwiches punishment he gave his son. Basically, his son had a lot of bad grades. And so to help make the situation better, Eddie punished him by only allowing him to eat bologna sandwiches. And well, we found out. Did it work or did it not work? I mean, maybe it's something you guys want to do with your kids. I don't know. But you can hear how that went over the holiday break here. Number three. Let's do a little update here. You ready? Bobby Bones Show. Update. So before we left for our vacation, Eddie said his son was only getting to eat 
bologna sandwiches for lunch and dinner every day. For how long? Until uh, I got his final exam grades. But how long do you think that was? About two weeks. So for two weeks for lunch and dinner, only bologna sandwiches? Yes. And no no mustard, no cheese? No condiments at all. Just the white bread with bologna in it. And what was the purpose of this? So, I mean, he's been getting bad grades for about six months. So finally, it was like the last straw. Like, dude, if you don't work hard in life, and right now your priority is your grades in school, if you don't work hard, you're going to not be able to afford you whatever you want. And in this case, it's eat good food. So, Oh, because he loves going to restaurants. He loves, he's a foodie. Yeah. So it's like, all right, bud, here you go. This is a taste of what life will be like if you don't work hard. You're going to eat bologna sandwiches for the next two months. Did he get, two weeks. Two did weeks. he get tired of the bologna sandwiches? Yeah. Like, he would beg for, like, soup. And I'd be like, can't afford when that because... When your kid's begging for soup at home. Hey, dude. And that's the thing. When you come up with something like this, you have to stick to your guns. So I would be like, can't afford soup because you didn't work hard. So let's get your sandwich. Would you have ever done a punishment like this? I don't think so. Just because he has biological children. I have children adopted from an orphanage that had different food insecurities and I don't think I can ever use food. Plus my daughter, she's a 14 year old, but really at the orphanage, if they served her something she didn't eat, she just didn't eat. If I'm serving something she doesn't like, I told her that Eddie's was doing this to his son, and she's like, well, I just wouldn't eat. And trust me, I can go days. Well, that wasn't an eating. option. Oh, they go full Gandhi? <laughs> my son tried not to eat, and I was like, uh-uh, you're eating this. Yeah, but she, my daughter, she's like, she'll prove it. She's not strike. scared to prove it. That's what I'm saying, full she, Gandhi. She, like, she's like, I've already wow. done that at the orphanage. Like, if wow. on days they had served stuff I didn't like, she's like, I just didn't eat. Because I tried that approach of like, well, think back to when you're at the orphanage. Like, this is what this is what we're eating right now. You used to have to do that. You didn't have a choice in anything. And she's like, yeah, I did. I wouldn't eat. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Good thing he didn't do that. No, he didn't. But he ate bologna sandwiches every day for two weeks. Two weeks. How'd the grades turn out? So, I mean, he studied his butt off. Dude, I've never seen him study so, so, so hard. And in return, he got mostly A's, a couple B's, and one C. And that C was from the class that he got like F's over and over and over. So to me, it worked. It was a, The experiment was a success. I love it, Bones. And the best thing about it is I may not have to do it again because he hated it so bad. And he's got three younger brothers that are watching him do this and say, I do not want to do this when I grow up. So I love it. Anytime he starts to slide, you just throw some bologna on the table. <laughs> the back? Yeah. All right, you want to go back down Do this? we want to do this again? Was his C in like, um, you know, meats from Kroger? It was, no, no, it was in science. He struggles with science, but, but, and when we came back from the break, I'm like, dude, do you want to, I mean, notice how hard you studied and how hard that was. You can avoid all that by working hard every single day. So I think we're on the good road. You've had a couple interesting tactics where you've mm-hmm. locked him in the bathroom once and made him listen to Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror. Yeah, because these are all last. I mean, this is last resort. While I mean, looking I'm, in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know what else to do, so let's get creative. So, yeah. Now bologna sandwiches. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait for Eddie's parenting book to come out. <laughs> Eddie will get canceled after yeah, that book comes big out. Time. Hey, nice job. It worked, though. It yeah. worked. Yeah, good. So, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I don't know what I did, but you're welcome. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. I don't thank you to yourself. <laughs> it's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. Coming back from holiday break, everybody started to share some stories from the whole time we were gone, and Lunchbox gave his holiday celebration a great F. Now you can hear about that here in a little bit, but we got to get into Scuba Steve's holiday break. He went to Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. And he had a crazy trip home, so let's do it. Let's get into it. Tell us about Hawaii. So the Hawaii part of it was awesome. It was phenomenal. My grade was an A++++. (laughs) It was a great trip. Um, going there was easy. We flew into Oakland 
and stay the night. Because usually when we go to Hawaii, we fly out of California. It's one flight, four and a half, five hours, you're done. But now coming from Tennessee, it's a different haul. Now uh, it's, it's what, probably like eight hours? Oh, it's longer than that. It's probably close to 10, 11 hours. Oh, gosh. Because you're flying from Nashville to mm-hmm. somewhere in the West Coast, whether it be LAX, SFO. We fly into Oakland because it's a little easier to get to the East Bay of the San Francisco area. So we flew into Oakland and then had her family pick us up. We spent the night in the Bay Area for one night. Next morning, out. And how long were you in Hawaii for? We were in Hawaii for almost two weeks. Oh, man. That's it was it was awesome. And we went to my favorite island. I, almost, I always hate talking about it because I want to keep it more low-key. You don't have to. Yeah. You can keep it to yourself if you want. Well, I mean, it's obvious if I say low-key because it's like, because everyone goes to Oahu because it's where Honolulu is and it's like got Disney Aulani. It's got all the shopping and the glitz and the glamour and nightclubs and drinking. And Maui's like the sophisticated rich person island. <laughs> they have a lot of nice restaurants and beautiful resorts and, and it's expensive. And Kona's kind of uh, like in between a mix. But I like Kauai. Kauai okay. is like almost not like the redneck island, but like the country island of them all where Believe it or not, every and I was like, we need to get Bobby Bone Show on this island because every restaurant, store, anything that had a radio playing, it was always country music. That's crazy. And it's all these Hawaiian people who mm-hmm. are like, like usually in other islands, it's like top 40, it's reggae, mm-hmm. a lot of reggae, a lot of like island type vibes, uh, like Jimmy Weeks Project. But this island is all country. <laughs> and and I noticed it came to my advantage. I didn't know they were big in the country because last time I was there, I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in the country space, but I was sending out some emails to try to get dinner reservations and reservations for places because it was fully booked because it was the holiday mm-hmm. and it's more people going to that island in, in general than normal because it's Christmas and New Year's and a lot of people are escaping snow, which will come to the <laughs> st- end of the story to go to a place like Hawaii. So I realized that when I started emailing places and I would use my work email and I used the Bobby Bones show signature EP and I got like immediate responses on on all these places (laughs) and they were like, Hey, love the show. So we have listeners that live in this Island, but we don't broadcast on that Island. Either they listen on the podcast or maybe they pick up the station through like iHeartRadio app Mm -hmm. or something. iHeartCountry. Well, and there's a, um, an army base out in Hawaii somewhere. I oh, don't yeah. know where. Is it on that island? Oh, well, yeah. That's another That's another part of the story. Where we, we drove to the army base and I mm. got, I didn't get in trouble, but I felt like we were going to get arrested. <laughs> okay. I want to hear that. But yeah. yeah. Well, I say that because typically army, they move around a lot. So if they've yeah. heard us in a different city it's true too. and then they kept listening to us in Hawaii, we have a lot of people on our live streams who'll be like listening from Japan. And I'm like, why are you listening to us? Yeah. Cause but they came from somewhere else. They came from somewhere else. So yeah. that could be part of it too. That could be part least, of it too. Yeah. I don't know if that's on that same Island, but it is. Yes. There's okay. the, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a base there and there's, um, is that what your question was? Yeah. Oh, the yeah there's, base. there's definitely a base there. Okay. And, and there's, and there's even a NASA like there's a, there's like a hidden and, and that's another part of the story too. But I'll, I'll f- finish up this part of the story of going to Kauai, love it, relaxing. They shot Jurassic Park there, okay. Indiana Jones, really cool beaches, really cool beaches, the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen. And it's a mixture of beach and like jungle forest. Um, they've got a place called Waimea Canyon, which is like their Grand Canyon, mm, um, and cool. it's absolutely beautiful. Is it an active volcano? There's no active volcano on that island. Okay. Kona, I believe, is the one that has the active volcano. Okay. That's the furthest island, but closest to the States. Um, and yeah, so it's just really beautiful. It's a mixture of beach and like forest, jungle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really, really cool. And it's laid back. There's not as much traffic. Not as many tourists usually go to that island. 
because it's a little further out and they don't have the luxuries of like the clubs and the bars and the, yeah. and as many restaurants and shopping. But when I'm going on vacation, I want, I don't want any of that. I want to be disconnected. I don't want to, I don't want any of that stuff. I want, I want that kind of vacation. I want almost like a country vacation, but on an Island. Uh, they have roosters everywhere. Fair. They have roosters and chickens everywhere. Like I have a sticker on my computer now because there are just so many chickens and roosters on the on the island. They're like they're everywhere. They're like well, that, the rats in New York. That's the one from, from Moana. Moana. Yeah, but that's kind of where it all came from. The is these chickens is these chickens and roosters that are all over the island of Kauai. Almost like how we have squirrels or is New York has rats. Have. Like they're everywhere. <laughs> and it was almost funny. We're at a, we're at a spot one day, and there were and she's like, "Oh, we're out because I was gonna get tacos, and I wanted one of mine was gonna be chicken." She goes, "Oh, we're out of chicken," and I was like, "I can go grab one real quick if you want." Steve, <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's horrible. There's one right there walking around in front of me. <laughs> Terrible. But they're uh, all over the place. Like it's literally like they're like the the squirrels of of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, for that island, Kauai. Um, but yeah, it's, I love it. If you've never been to Hawaii, I recommend. Check them all out, but my favorite's Kauai. Oh man, that sounds so cool. Hawaii is beautiful, so Hawaii, I know why. Very you love beautiful. It. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about your NASA or Air Force or Army base so the, story. So, the, <laughs> so we went to um, a lot of different. We, all, we always try to go to all the beaches and check them out and revisit some of the beaches. There's a lot of different like cool spots. There's a place called Tunnels Beach, which is on one end of the island, and it's got like all these like caves and cool stuff, and like every beach has almost got its own different topography and like like vibe and, and thing to it, which is so weird cool. because they're so they're like, they're like right next to each other, but they're all different beaches, mm-hmm. almost like San Francisco. Going back to what we talked about earlier, it's like different pockets of beaches yeah. within each other. So yeah, Tunnels Beach is one and it's got this cool like little cave and then you got Queen's Bath where it's like this amazing, huge like pool that's created with rocks mm-hmm. and the water rushes up on it and refills it every once in a while. And it's like, it's almost like a free willy. You ever seen Free Willy? Yeah. It's like a Free Willy type thing where you like I can envision the whale jumping over the rock wall and going to safety. And then you've got beaches that are just beautiful sands with mountains in the background. And there's some beaches that most tourists don't go to because it's um, very far on the island from where most people are staying in hotels. Mm-hmm. And you have to go through dirt roads to get to them. Oh, which so is, it really is country. So it is country. Yeah. We went to one where uh, we went on a dirt road and my um, brother-in-law was in front of me and I used to, I used to call it, I called it necking back in the day. We used to drive my Jeep and I used to go necking, which is off-roading. Um, <laughs> and so I'm very experienced with off-roading yeah. with vehicles and knowing like how far you can push it and where you can, where you should drive and where you shouldn't drive. He's driving a Tahoe and he, I see him go for the soft sand and I thought he was going to make a left and he goes right for the soft sand and then he stops and I'm like, no, first went into the soft sand and now you didn't keep the momentum and you're, and sure enough, he gets stuck. And then some locals come over to kind of pull us out, like you, like like you guys are a bunch of idiots. Yeah, and you're like, I'm not, I'm not them. I, not I, I know what I'm doing. I, look at me, my car isn't stuck. It's just him. <laughs> um, so we went to like a lot of those kind of beaches that are a little hidden off the beaten path. And one of the beaches we went to was really far out, and it was near an Army Air Force base. Okay. Uh, Air Force Army is an Army base. I know. I keep I keep accidentally saying both. It's fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting it from you, dang it. Italian Army Air Force base. I rub off on people. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an Army base. And um, I didn't know, but we're looking for a restaurant to go to after the beach to eat. And on every base, there's food and there's yeah. like a PX to go shopping in, and then they have a restaurant usually. And one of the restaurants that popped up nearby was this place called Smorgasbord or something. And it had like a five star rating and like all the pictures look great, like all this great food. And next to it, it was like it was uh, an acronym. It was like a like something to do with the army base, and I, AFB or something. And I didn't know what that was. 
And sure enough, we pull up and I'm like following the the, the map to get to it. And, uh, and it says like missile launching area base. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. We're going to be like eating lunch next to like a, a missile launching site. This is pretty rad. And I turn right. And then I immediately see the little hut and I see the guys out in front. Uh-huh. And my grandpa was retired Air Force. And so we used to go to the Navy base all the time in Orlando. And I'm like, oh, no, we're pulling up to the Air Force base or the <laughs> Army base. Yeah. And I was like, I know how this goes. And uh, and the guy goes, uh, he goes, hey. And I was, oh, uh, we're looking for this restaurant. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's on the base. It's just for, you know, yeah. us. He goes, but you can get a, a day pass to go on there. But it's closed right now. It's the holidays. I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, where can I go to turn around? And he goes, whoa, 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 before you turn around, I need to see your ID. And I was like, I, I, I'm not going in. I yep. have no intention to go in. I just oh, you go to... even closer there. They're like, let me see that ID. Yeah, and I was like, what? I was like, well, no, I, was, I, I didn't do anything wrong, and I, I don't have a criminal record or anything. But I immediately got nervous, and my stomach mm-hmm. dropped, and I got super afraid of nothing. But just when someone asks for your ID, you just get nervous, and you well, freak and out. they're standing there with weapons and stuff because they're protecting the base, and you're like, uh... Yeah, one dude would have like an AK-47 strapped across his yeah. thing, and he had like a knife and the, all these like like <laughs> like real. You're like, cool, weapons. you're ready to kick my butt. Cool. <laughs> yeah, can I see your ID? It's not an, an officer. I get nervous, but when you get someone with all that on them and asking yeah. for your ID. I was like, uh, uh, and I was like, and I was like, uh, and then I just like try to like I try to get all like because I knew all the jargon of what to say because my grandpa and I and I was like, oh yeah yeah no problem. I was like so like 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 you guys have a PX on here to go shot like I started like chopping it up with him and all like the terms to say trying to, to like, make it easier to make it easier and hopefully he can like not ask for my ID still and forget about it and he goes I still need that ID and I'm like oh crap and so the guy goes to. So it goes to run my ID and then the other guy standing there like a freaking like stone. Mm-hmm. And then I rolled down my back window. My son sitting back there. And I was like, hey, say hi to the guy. And the guy and he goes, he goes, oh, hi. And then the guy starts to break character and become like a human because I guess he had kids or whatever. And yeah. we start talking about uh, where are you from? He goes, well, I'm from Jackson, Jacksonville. And mm-hmm. kind of like but still very stern and. Trying to like kind of like trying to make trying to humanize me and my family, me with my family. And this is a pure like, mistake. You're not a scary person trying yeah. to come on the base. I have no yeah. intention to come to the base except for to eat at that restaurant that had a five star rating. I didn't I didn't want to come here to do anything bad. <laughs> and then but then he's like running my ID and he's like taking a really long time to run mm-hmm. my ID. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? Well, it's like all the clearance levels that they have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he ran my ID and he goes, oh, you're with the media. And I so I guess because it's the government, mm-hmm. they know a lot more about you than just. The they basics. know everything about you if they want to know everything yeah. about you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, oh, you're with the media. And he, and he goes, I got a little nervous if you were going to try to like report something or create a story or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm just on vacation. I have no intention of doing anything right now. Like I haven't really been on my phone. I just was looking for something to eat for my family. He goes, all right, man. He goes, good. He goes, you know, enjoy the rest of your vacation. Have a great day. And I was like, but my the whole time I'm like thinking I'm yeah, like, like interrogated. You're like, I was just trying to go to a restaurant. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an army jail. I'm going to lose my family. <laughs> I'm going to be like, a, I'm gonna be, I have to go on the run. Like, what's going on here? Oh, my gosh. That would have been funny, though. That would have been funny. And then the day before that, we went to Waimea Canyon, which is the Grand Canyon. And as I'm driving through it, there's a sign that says NASA. And it wasn't like. It wasn't an official sign. It was like this like small hidden sign. And it was like painted on it. And it said NASA and it's a research center. And and they definitely don't want you stopping because I stopped to take a picture of it. And as I'm going to stop, to take a picture of it, this guy comes around the corner and there's like a gate. And he goes, what are you guys doing here? And I was like, oh, I'm just uh, look, I just wanted to take a picture of it. He goes, you need to get out of here now. And I was like, OK. But then it made me think of like, what do they got hidden in that mountain? Oh, yeah. What's in that canyon? It's NASA aliens. Mm-hmm. All these things start going through my head. Yeah. There's been alien sightings, particularly over Hawaii. There's, if you do some research on some news articles, there's some theories about something on Hawaii. Oh, and I'm and I'm sure where I was, 
because when we were driving, we drove past it the first time. I saw a bunch of guys out in front of there, like SUVs, like and like suits and like mm-hmm. like almost like MIB. And then so I was like, oh, on the way back, I want to go check it out and see if they're still there and take a picture of it. And that, and I think that was the the bad. I shouldn't have done that because. They got really upset. And then the next day I get in trouble with the army. So maybe they were tailing me. Maybe they were like, maybe they're I mean, like this guy. We got to watch him. Yeah. He's trying to get on the base or something. Maybe that <laughs> maybe it all led to it. Back to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the no fly list to yeah. Hawaii ever again. Now they think I'm trying to like figure out what the they're government's doing. figured you out. Like yeah. you're, you're done. Yeah. For, I'm over. <laughs> I can't go to Kauai ever again now. Oh my gosh. That sounds like a fun trip, though. I mean, beaches and two weeks in Hawaii sounds amazing. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was a really great time. It was nice to disconnect, be with the family and hang out with my wife's family as well. And just just really just just chill. Yeah. Like I very rarely checked my email. I even had I haven't put up an away message on my email in years. And I was like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> if, you, if something's on fire, text me or call me. Other, other than that. I don't want to hear from you. Like, leave me I alone. I think I sent you an email and I saw that. I was like, that's funny. I was like, something's on fire, Steve. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's on fire. I got out. I just want to enjoy it. Yeah. And everything was great until we were on our way back home. Mm-hmm. And that's when all hell broke loose. Yeah. So, so give us the breakdown of your trip home. So I was already like a little bit worried because when we flew out there, we broke it up in two days. It was mm-hmm. the flight from Tennessee to California. Next day, California to Kauai. And I was like, oh, on the way back, we're going to have to do it all in one day. And I was like, but we can do it. And so we flew from Kauai to, in this connecting flight, we went to Las Vegas. Um, We didn't need to go back to California because we're like, we're just going to keep going. And Las Vegas got us further and it made the next trip a little shorter. Yeah. Um, So we got to Las Vegas and there is a two hour delay. And we're just like, all right, not really thinking much into it. Just thinking it's just the regular holiday delays that are going on. Cause it's, uh, it was January 2nd. I think it was Sunday. We were flying. Yeah. Sunday we flew back, left Kauai, at like five or six in the morning, got on the plane at eight, got to Las Vegas around, I think, three o'clock their time Pacific. And then we're like, OK, our next flight's at like four or something. We got to quickly get on that because then we got to fly to to Nashville. And then by the time we get to Nashville, it'll be close to midnight. And man, we got work the next day. It's going to be a long day sitting in the Vegas airport. The time keeps getting further and further and <laughs> further away from us you mm-hmm. know, getting on the plane. And then finally, like, OK, we're, they're starting to do boarding. But now at this point, I think it's like. Uh, maybe like seven or eight o'clock PM Pacific and we're boarding. We get on the plane and didn't even like research to figure out why there was a delay. Well, the delay was the snowstorm had no idea. They didn't even talk about it. They weren't like, Hey, there's a storm. That's why we're delaying it. I just figured it was holiday delays. And so we get on the plane. Well, cause that was a story too, is that everybody's holiday flights were getting canceled and delayed. Yeah. And so I just, so figured, it, was, okay. it was two news stories happening. Yeah. Just not the good one. And I figured it's just that it happens every year. There's always delays with flights mm-hmm. Didn't even think about snow because in my previous experiences of flying during the holidays, I've never had to fly to a snow area. It's always been back to California or to Florida or yeah. somewhere where there's a beach and Good it's hot. Good weather. Good weather. Never snow has ever stopped me ever. <laughs> and so we're flying and we're in the air and we're, I feel like we're about, we're getting close because I can, you know, it's been about an hour and a half, two hours. The flight total was only three hours and change. And the captain comes on. And nine times out of ten, you can't hear a damn thing the captain says because he's so quiet and he, and he abruptly interrupts you usually in the middle of a nap or something. And so he kind of catches you off guard and you got the background noise of and he comes on. There's your guy's big Las Vegas, another hour and 45 minutes. And I was like, and I woke up and I was like, huh? And I was like, Las Vegas, which you don't hear that. You would expect to hear, you know, or we're near Nashville or something. Yeah. Las Vegas is out of my out of my world because we have left it. Nashville is where we're going. And then I, and I'm like, huh? And I hear 
And I, I go to my wife and I'm like, oh, he said Las Vegas, like, but we're going to Nashville. And I go, what's happening? She goes, I don't know. I heard that too. And she talks to the guy in front of him. She goes, hey, did you happen to hear that announcement? He goes, yeah, it's not like the captain said we're going back to Las Vegas. And I was like, I was like, what? And then as soon as I, I said it really, really loud and I heard the, I heard one of the stewardess go, oh no. And then so he went to the, his little speaker and he goes, uh, you guys may have not heard uh, the captain. Um, and I just want to clarify, this has never happened ever in my career or anyone's on this. Uh, so we, this is what's happening. And I, and I was like, oh, no, like this is not good. He goes, we're actually going to be going back to Las Vegas. Um, there was snow on the ground in Nashville. And there are planes flying around Nashville that can't land in Nashville. Here we go again with the damn infrastructure. Nashville can't handle the snow on the ground <laughs> at the airport. Yep. So therefore, everyone is being directed back to their original stop. And for us, it was Las Vegas. So now instead of going. Which also doesn't make any sense. But realistically, if you were trying to land somewhere else, that airport wasn't ready for it. Yeah. So the only place that would have been ready was where you came from. We came from. But for us, it was Las Vegas. So then yeah. we had to turn back around and go another hour and 40 minutes back to where we came from. When my mindset is. If the, sto- the snowstorm is affecting that area, then go to another freaking airport near it. Yeah. Go to St. Louis. Go to Kansas City. Go to Atlanta. Go somewhere where it gets me closer so then I can rent a car and then just drive home. Yeah. Within driving distance. No, we're going to go back to freaking Las Vegas, which I looked on my thing. It's like a two-hour, two-day drive. Mm-hmm. And oh, I've done yeah. that drive it's before. Not close. It's longer. Like, I can't rent a car and drive and get back in time. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, like, and then I'm thinking, Dallas. Go back to Dallas. Dallas is your main hub. And then at least Dallas is somewhat closer and then I can get a direct out the next day. So no, we're going back to Las Vegas. So we're going back to Las Vegas and then they keep updating us every 30 minutes because the people are getting pissed. Oh yeah. Everybody's probably on that because you just flew that far and then you have to fly back and then you're not even going to be at your destination. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so most people on that flight came from Hawaii like us or they, or they were going to Nas- Nashville for vacation or back home or whatever the case was. They went to Las Vegas for their New Year's and they're going back home to Nashville. So this is a packed flight of tired angry i want to get home people yep and then when they hear they're having to go back to las vegas where they came from it was like mayhem on that plane you know that pilot too making that was like i don't want to i don't want to tell these people yeah. what's happening because you could he didn't have confidence in his voice when he came on the thing it was like oh good. he's like just trying Shoot. to stay calm yeah and be like i you know and he can't say sorry because it's not his fault like no but and then and also in retrospect I'm like, thank God we didn't land in Nashville because if they weren't ready for us and he was nervous to, to land, we could have like crashed or we could have mm-hmm. something could have happened where, yeah, much worse. So the inconvenience was worth it if it meant we were going to jeopardize our lives landing in yes. Nashville and they weren't ready for us. So it was a massive inconvenience. But looking at that side of it, OK, it was worth it. <laughs> so let me get back to Las Vegas. Okay. And you're already dealing with cancellations and flights are completely packed and booked and you can't book another flight. There's mm-hmm. no other flight to book because now you've got 175 plus passengers who all have to be rebooked. Yep. So my logic is why doesn't the freaking airline keep that plane where it's at, refuel it, clean it, get it ready to go. And the next morning, put us all back on that airplane and get us to Nashville. That would make the most logical sense because now you have to rebook all those passengers Yeah. versus just putting us back on that same damn airplane and then bring us back to Nashville the next day because mm-hmm. the next day it was okay to fly well, to Nashville. Flights getting canceled all over the place. I mean, yeah. I don't know where that plane was headed, but I don't know. Yeah. So, but still, I would just think you just, it's already allotted to us. Yeah. Keep it with us and get us back to Nashville and then figure out what you're going to do the next day and move forward versus having to rebook everybody. Well, I'm which sure is, 
It probably has something to do with like the the pilot and the stewardess and stuff on their timing. If they had to get on a different plane and then that plane no longer had anybody to, yeah, like staff it, I guess. True, but I'm selfish but and ethical with the people. I want I want to get back home. Listen, nothing is ever as easy as it seems, right? Like never, ever. Okay, so you're back in Vegas. Then what happens? So we're back in Vegas. It's about 1.30 a.m. Pacific time. And now it's Monday morning. And I'm like, I got to get back to work because we have you know work the next day. Um, I got to I gotta get there. And then I immediately email Bobby. I'm like, hey, I've been delayed. I have, I have no idea what's happening or where I'm going. Um, I may not be there the next day. And I apologize. And it was the first day back. <laughs> and I'm not going to be there. He's like, it's all good, man. No stress. Just get home safe. And I was like, all right, cool. So at least I got work taken care of. And. And I let everyone else know, my higher ups, like that I'm, uh, this is what I'm dealing with and I won't be there for my conference call tomorrow and all these other things. Like, it's just, I'll catch you guys next week. Let me yeah. just get home first. I got to get home. And so then, then, then it's like, okay, when you get back to the gate, there'll be a supervisor there to help you guys coordinate your next flight. And I'm like, I already thinking like, there's nothing to coordinate. There's nothing available. Like, like most people are saying, we're going to stay in a hotel for a day or two and, and ride it out and fly back the next day. And if it was somebody going to Nashville from Las Vegas, they're just like, we're just going to postpone our trip till next week or whenever and go to Nashville then. But I've got two kids and a wife and we have to get back to Nashville. So I have to do whatever it takes to get us back to Nashville. We have work and then yeah. I, and I want to get it back home. So it's one in the morning. We get back to the airport and it's 175 people going to the desk to rebook their flights. So we're mid plane, you know, when you, when you deep plane it takes forever for some reason, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't understand. Grab your shit and go. Sorry, I curse, but just get, get off the airplane. Grab your bag and go. Why does it take so damn long to get off the freaking airplane? Yeah. Just go. So now we're You're mid not airplane. Wrong. Yeah, just go. So everyone's dilly dallying to get off the freaking airplane. And so that slows me to get to the desk. So by the time we get off the airplane, get to the desk, it's like it's it's deep. Mm-hmm. It's all the way out in Timbuktu. Which I know you said <laughs> it wrong one time before. What did you say one time? I don't remember what I said. Tim Tim. I don't know. You said something that was, and I remember. It was on our last podcast. Yeah, I remember I blew your mind when I told you Timbuk too. I know, yeah. So yeah, the line is deep. And it's like, and there's four different lines and they're all deep. And I'm like, God. And so I, my wife's in line. I have to go bathroom real quick and I'm frustrated. I need a moment. So, okay, it's all good. I got the kids. Just go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom and I'm walking back from the bathroom and I see this, this ticket agent at another desk and she's there by all by herself. And some other lady walks up for some help for that for whatever is going on over there. And she walks off and I'm like, I'm just going to see what happens if I walk up to her and if I can maybe talk to her because yeah. I'm not waiting in that long ass line over there. So I walk up and she goes, Oh, how can I help you? And I was like, perfect. And I was like, let me just see how far I can get with this. I was like, Hey, we were just on a flight and, and they got, Oh yeah, I saw that. You got canceled and you need to get back home. Right. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what are my options to get back home? And she's like, I can help you out. And I'm like, yes. So then we avoided that big ass line. Cause by the time they got to us, there'd been nothing left. Yeah, exactly. absolutely nothing left. And, mm-hmm. and there are people there and they're flying by themselves or just boyfriend and girlfriend, or husband and wife. I feel for you, but it's not as difficult for you to get back home than mm-hmm. it is for me with two kids under three. Yeah. So I'm sorry for being selfish, but I want to get my ass on the, whatever plane I can get on so I can get yeah. home. So we talked to her. It's literally putting together a puzzle. She's like, well, if you fly into here, then you can do this. And then we can, and then you have the two hour layover. It's like basically trying to figure out what we can do to get from one city to the next city to the next city to eventually get us to Nashville. And we put together this puzzle, the original puzzle of, okay, you're going to fly into Long Beach and then Long Beach, I think to Oakland, Oakland to Phoenix and then Phoenix to Nashville. So Holy we're set God. on that. I was like, okay, okay it's paying the ass. We'll do that. Um, so we set that up. That's our flight. It's now like 2.30 in the morning and that flight takes off at 6.55. And so we're like, all right, we're not going to go to a hotel because by the time you get to a hotel, you have to come back. 
and you can check your bags in four hours early. And I was like, well, what about our bags? She goes, well, we have to go get your bags and recheck them in again. Oh my god! So we have to leave the secure area, which, you know, once you're there, you're there. And it's yeah. game on. It's much easier. Leave the secure area, get our bags, which by the way, we have like three bags and two car seats. So I have to go get my three bags and my two car seats, leave the security checkpoint, grab those, and then wait in an area for an, for about an hour until yeah, we open things sure up again. Yeah, I'm sure you all had to because it's not like you could have grabbed all those things. No, yeah. So everyone's doing that. And then there are other canceled flights that wasn't just our canceled flight. So then we wait to when we can start to check in, which is four hours before, which is like 30 minutes, an hour later. And then now everyone's grab, and everyone's going down to the, to the counter to recheck their bags and go through security. So there's that massive line to get your bag checked. And then so we're like, OK, there's the see a ticket agent and then there's the print your own ticket. Yeah. So we're like, oh, we'll go to the print our own ticket because we have a confirmation. We're good. And of course, because of the delay and the cancellation, all that crap, ours isn't in the system. So <laughs> so now we have to. So we were already in that long ass line to get the, the printed baggage tags. Mm-hmm. And now we have to get into another line because it wasn't in the system because of all the crap. And now we're getting in another long ass line with two kids I'm getting a lot of lines in this story. A lot of lines. (laughs) And then, so then we're in this long line and we're about halfway through it. And then this jerk who had the same thing, I realized the same thing happened to him, um, uh, happened to us, happened to him, where he had, he went through the ticket line to get the the bag and then he got denied and had to go in our line. So he like slowly moses on up with his girlfriend on his phone, not acting like he's like trying to be sly and then walks right in front of us and then gets into our line and and I look at him and, uh, and then he looks at me and I look at my wife and I was like, I was like, did he just cut us? And I was, and he goes, and my wife goes, she goes, excuse me, the line's back there. He goes, oh, I, I gotta, I gotta catch my flight. I was like, and I was like, yo, dude, we all gotta catch our flight. And he was like, well, I went there in the bag. And I was like, that happened to us too. And it happened to everybody. I was like, unfortunately, you gotta get in that line right there. And I was like, I'm not letting you cut me mostly because you didn't ask. And you just assumed that I was going to let you in because you weren't paying attention on your on your phone trying to slide to get in. I was like, and you got to ask everyone behind me if they're okay with you getting in front of them as well. And he's like, oh, it just. Oh, oh. And I was like, I was like, kick rocks, dude, get in the back of the line. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a survivor situation oh, happening yeah. at the airport because the guys behind me, I knew, would have also said something. Yeah, they were at the point where they were because they were complaining and talking about, okay, we got to get on the flight, and we're like, they're, they're, I could tell they were like. Also Everything in a rush. that's happening. Yeah. And it wasn't just me. Then it's them. It's them and the 30 other people behind them. So I was like, dude, we're all dealing with what you're dealing with. Get your ass to the back of the line. And he got all huffy and puffy and mad. And he's like, oh, why do you got to confront me? Like, and I was just like, all right, dude, I, I, I've been flying for almost 24 hours. I had nothing nice to say to you. Please go. <laughs> and then so he finally went, went through the whole line. Now we get to the, the baggage line where we're getting our bags checked and we're getting our tickets um, making sure everything's secure before we get to the security line. And the woman goes, oh, oh, I have some bad news. And I was like, what? She's like, your Phoenix flight has been canceled. And I was like, I was like, what? She goes, so you can get to Long Beach to Oakland, but then when you get to Phoenix, you're going to be stuck there because there's no flights going out of Phoenix to where you're going to. And I was like, what? And she's like, let me see what I can do. And she's on the phone for like 30 minutes. And we're about to miss that flight that gets, that gets to Long Beach because mm-hmm. she's trying to figure everything out to get us to where we need to get to. She's okay. I now I figured it out. She goes, "You're still gonna fly to Long Beach, and I think it may be a little better now. Now you don't have to change planes. You're gonna stay on the plane at Long Beach, and it goes from Long Beach to Austin. You stay in the Austin plane, and it goes Austin to Dallas, and then she goes. Now you get to Dallas. She goes, and then you'll get off the plane there. So okay, so we stay in the plane for the whole thing. That's fine. It's easier, less stress. But when you get to Dallas, there's a chance that flight may cancel going to Nashville. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're like, well, I guess we're taking the chance. And I was like, all right. So we're going back even further backwards in, uh, in this country, going mm-hmm. to Long Beach. We were going from Long- Las Vegas to Nashville. And I went to Nashville, Las Vegas, Las Vegas to Long Beach, and then over to Austin, then down to Dallas. And we may get to Nashville at that point. So, And you did make it on that flight. So that Long Beach to... Um, to Austin, Austin to Dallas. How long was that flight in its entirety? So the uh, Las Vegas to Long Beach was, I think, maybe an hour and as like maybe an hour. It was okay. quick. wasn't too bad. Um, and then long, lo- I think our, fl- our longest flight was in Long Beach to Austin. I think that was like two hours, two and a half hours. And then Dallas, and then uh, Austin to Dallas, quick, thirty minutes. Okay. My biggest worry was how how are my kids going to handle this? Like, and they hey, did great. They were great. I was, I was like, hey, dude, we're having to get on another airplane. Uh, we're going to sleep here for a little bit, and then we're going to get on this airplane. He goes, another airplane? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, let's do this. <laughs> and I was like, cool. My biggest worry was how are my kids going to handle this? Yeah. And my daughter's one, and she's teething, and she's like feeling the stress of this. And she was actually pretty calm and good. So the kids factor of that was what made it easier because they good. were handling it properly, and he was so excited but he kept, but then he would sleep a lot and he would, he loved the, he loved the takeoff and the landing. And so the fact that he was enjoying it made it easier on us because I could see him being stressed out or, you know, yeah. pitching a fit and crying. And then everyone else in the plane, you know, having to deal with us and all that crap. But he did a great job. All the flights were good except for when we went from um, Long Beach to Austin, Austin to Dallas. This lady gets on at Long Beach and immediately my son's sitting behind her and he kicked her seat one time. One time, and he had been in an airport for 24 hours, and she reached her hand back and started to swat his feet. And I was like, and I was like, whoa! And she goes, what's going on? She goes, your son kicked my seat. And I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, we haven't even taken off yet. We're just getting settled, and he's maneuvering. I'm getting him in a, in a seat. She goes, I don't even kick my seat the entire time. And I was like, ma'am, I was like, we have been in, air, in an airport and planes for over 24 hours. I was like, I was like, we are doing our best to keep it together. I was like, we've flown all this damn country trying to get home. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, I'm really sorry. And I understand. I, I have kids, so I know what it's like. And you then, have kids, but you just swatted at their legs. just swatted my kid. I was like, what the hell? And then she ended, up, he ended up being really good. And she's like, wow, he's a really great kid. And, and she was I'm really sorry about earlier when I touched your kid. And I was like, yeah, it's all good. And we ended up becoming friends with her, and she's really nice. <laughs> um, and But then we get to Dallas. Now we're in Dallas. And then there's a delay in Dallas. And I'm like, oh, crap. And I was like, all right, well, here we go. Are we, we going to make it to Nashville now? We finally get on the Dallas plane, and even with getting on the Dallas plane, I have PTSD of being like, a, I don't know if we're going to actually make it to yeah, Nashville. We're, we're on the plane, but I've been on a plane before, and it turns around <laughs> midair, so now anything is You're possible. Like, I don't know anymore. Yeah, I just have no idea what is possible anymore. I believe in nothing. I have faith in absolutely nothing at this point. So yeah, we're on the plane. Sure, congratulations, but this this thing can turn right back around again. Yep. So we're on the plane to, from Dallas to Nashville, which is a really quick flight. I think it's like an hour and a half, and like I'm just like, every minute... Just like waiting for the captain to come on and say we're turning back around again because of some sort of unforeseen circumstances or whatever the crap is happening, and um and we oh when we get on the we get on the plane in Dallas he's like oh this plane uh, just had some maintenance done to it so we're we're not leaving the tarmac for a minute we have to get some paperwork signed I'm like great we're on a plane that just got fixed cool so now we're flying back so there could other there could that could also be another problem midair yeah. is the plane freaking breaks midair because you guys just fixed it for whatever whatever the reason was but, but d- besides the delay you made it to Nashville we made it to flight. Nashville finally made it to Nashville and it was I think um, Tuesday at like 11 p.m. Tuesday we made it. So, yeah. So, does this make you never want to fly again? Was it Tuesday? I don't remember what day it was. What's today? Today's like Thursday. Thursday. Flew Sunday into Monday. Yeah, it was, it was, no, was it Tuesday? Oh my God, I don't know what day it was. 
<laughs> I couldn't tell it you. Was, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday early morning we got in. Okay. Yes, yeah, Tuesday early morning because then I wasn't there for Tuesday and I wasn't here for Wednesday, I believe. Or I was here for Wednesday. I don't even know. All I know is we were in the, we were in airports and planes for over 36 hours. So, but does it make you not want to fly again? Um, yes, but unfortunately I had to fly for the sore losers coaches convention <laughs> next weekend. I, I was, when I, when I flew back to Las Vegas, which is where we're going, I was, I almost emailed, uh, lunch and Rick and all them. I was like, I ain't going like F this. I'm surprised you have it at that point. I'd be like, nah, I'm not going to take this risky in right now. I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to have to be delayed or connected or whatever. I'm not doing this crap. I'm not going to Las yeah. Vegas, but unfortunately I have to go because they need someone to go there and help manage some of the stuff that's going on. So I. I'm obligated to go, and I feel bad if I were to. Man, if I were to turn down on them. Just you telling me that story makes me want to go take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's a long travel day, and man, I feel for you guys. But I'm so glad you guys made it back safely, and the kids were okay. So yeah, the kids were good. Gosh, an hour sleep total, I think, for me and my wife over 36 hours, and you just start. You just start. You're in a daze. Jeez, I'm so glad that you guys are back, though. Like truly. And I'm really glad that your holidays were great. Yes. Besides the traveling I almost back. wish that would have happened in the beginning of the trip. Because then the payoff would have been Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Instead of my payoff was 30 degree weather and snow. <laughs> you know, sometimes things happen. And now you just yeah. know what it's really like to stay in airports. So. True. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was weird. It was like there's people sleeping everywhere at the airport. It was it was like a thing the terminal. Never, yeah, yeah, it was the terminal. Yeah, Victor Novorsky. It's almost like I, it was like living that thing, at, which I'd never experienced in my life. I've always but had, you never want to experience it again. Never again. <laughs> I've had, I've always had great travel. I've never had anything cancel. I've had some slight delays. That's what happens. It just all piled up on you at it once. Caught up. You're yep, like here it is. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking got me. Oh man. Well, the show also talked about their holiday celebrations, so you can hear that right now. And somebody did give theirs an F, which is probably about the same. Scuba would give his trip back, but not his actual celebration. (laughs) Here you guys go. Number two. What would you rate your overall holiday experience if you were to grade it? Oh, I give this one a 10 out of 10. That's not a grade. (laughs) A grade is like A through F. (laughs) A plus? A plus? Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah, Listen, I'm just comparing it to last year. Things are looking up. Yeah. It's so good. Did you guys ever leave town? Did not leave. I think that helps the vibe for us this year. At least that was important. I I like leaving to go see family and stuff, but for this year it made sense to stay put. And I just feel like we just had a a great Christmas break. One for the books. Yeah, what about you? I give it an A. Oh, hey. Yeah, uh, we went to Arkansas for a day on the front side and Mm -hmm. saw my sister in Arkansas, Keith. Went to Oklahoma for four days and then came back and stayed in Arkansas again for a day. Um, but had to get back for the New Year's show, and the New Year's show went great. And so Christmas was good. The New Year. The only thing that doesn't make it an A plus is they were doing promo in one of the bowl games, promoting the New Year's Eve show. And they were like, "Hey, watch tonight on New Year's Eve, the Nashville's Big Bash. Have you heard the clip yet? Mm-mm. Okay, here's a clip of the promo on CBS during the college football bowl game. Go ahead. CBS tonight on New Year's Eve for an amazing event with over 20 music superstars. There you go. No Dang. way. Yeah. yeah, host Bobby Jones. <laughs> Dang. I think it's Brad Nessler. Sorry, dude. Oh. Brad Nessler, call, I, I think I deserve an apology. Oh, oh yes. Mm-hmm. Call Brad, in. Brad Nestle. Oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. No, I don't care. Everybody does that. But yeah, except for them calling me Bobby Jones. I mean. Yeah. Uh, it's good. The weather 
was on New Year's Eve night. It was like 70 here and I was sweating. I had to wear clothes because I had outside clothes and I had a white jacket, but I was going to have a big coat to wear over the top of it. But it was so hot, I couldn't wear the big coat and I had to wear the white jacket and I was still sweating all night long. It was weird. And then it snowed like a day later, but I give it a solid A. Uh, Eddie? Um, I'm going to go B just because, and it's not, not being a downer or anything, but you go from family to family and it's like, you know, you're in their environment. I was I was with my parents for about four days and then my wife's family for about five days. And after a while, you're just like, I want to go to my house where I have <laughs> yeah. my rules and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm just going to go solid B. Lunchbox? F. Right now. <laughs> Guys, it was terrible. Like we drove all the way to Texas. And the day we got there, my wife woke up and she wasn't feeling well. Two days later, my kid, oh, my throat hurts. Christmas morning, your boy who thought he avoided all the sickness wakes up in the sweats, in the chills, feeling terrible. I didn't get to see opening Christmas presents, didn't have a big meal. Your boy was down with strep throat. Oh. Oh. It wasn't COVID? It wasn't COVID. I had the COVID test, the flu test, and the strep test, and they said, congratulations, you got strep. And I'll be honest, I've never been excited to get strep except for that time when they said it wasn't COVID. Mm. So yeah. it was miserable. So Christmas, you're expecting COVID, right? Yeah, you're right. Expecting- when he was saying it, I expected yeah. everybody had COVID. Oh. Every, everybody's had COVID. Like, again, even that production we were doing, day of, day before, Sam Hunt, out. Zach Brown, out. L. King, out. I had friends. I got COVID. I mean, a lot of people had COVID. Uh-huh. I know. Still not me, but I knock on wood anytime I say <laughs> have that. You, have you ever had it? I've never had it. That's me crazy. Either. You guys are crazy. Me either. And I'm everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm Johnny Cash. I've been everywhere, man. Listen, I've been everywhere. No, let me tell you, because uh, COVID was going crazy over Christmas, but I had school was out, but I had to keep my son involved in something because we just he needs to be out and stimulated in some way and sign him up for this gymnastics camp. Let me tell you, COVID was not happening at this camp. Like, I, I was all nervous. Like, what is it going to be like? Masks? Like, there's going to be social distance like these kids. Nope. Mm-mm. You walk into this camp and it's like COVID doesn't even exist. Like, they were just living their best life. And I'm like, well, if this is going to be the time I get it because he brings it home to me, we get it. Mm-hmm. You know, he did that camp for two weeks straight. Nothing. <laughs> so I don't know. I still have to knock on wood yeah, when I say good. that. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Why don't we get it? <laughs> Do you want it? Kind of, because I want to go ahead and just get the antibodies. It sounds like you want it. No, I don't want it. But like, if we have a listener that has it, that will come up right now. No, but listen, if 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 we're gonna get it, I just want to go ahead and I wish I would have gotten it. So then I had the antibodies, and then I knew that I was okay. But right now, I'm just, you know, vaccinated, which is good. But a lot of my friends that are vaccinated are still getting it anyway. So it's like it's just not as bad. They don't get it as bad. Right. So, so you, you want it. I don't want it. But I'm just saying, why haven't we gotten it? Hey, is your fish but, still alive? Y- yeah. Right. No, be honest. Yes. When I when I was I went to Amy's house two days ago, and I didn't even look for the fish. I forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, it's oh, up man, in Sashira's room. What were you there for then? Uh, Christmas presents. <laughs> ah. On my Instagram, there's a sweatsuit Amy got me of my wife's face all over. That's, that's nice. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> You've had it. Eddie's had it. I've had it. And I'll tell you but what like stresses me out. Ago, it's not COVID doesn't stress me out. twice, right? No, no, just once. Relax. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, no. for like a month. <laughs> no, just once. But what stresses me out is the timing. I'm like, oh, if I get it, like, please don't let it be when we're working. Because right. last time I was gone for like two months. Yeah, but then if you get it like lunchbox, well, he had strep. But if you get sick, oh. then you miss out on Christmas break. That's so miserable. Which you <laughs> Mike, you've had it or no? No, never had it. Oh. I mean, the old Omicron was flying around town. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, like everybody. Yeah. Had it. Uh, well, 
No more knocking, though. That feels weird when you start knocking. I can't on the table. help, but no, I know my knuckles hurt. Yeah, no, this is in real wood, guys. I'll be honest with you. But I don't know what else to do because I feel like saying it is wrong. Yeah. But I, mean, I do wonder. I say it too. I haven't had it yet. Crazy. And I, I had dinner for three hours with a friend who was like, I tested today negative. Calls us back like 14 hours later. I tested again. Yeah, I'm positive. We sat with him for three hours at dinner. But again, what in the world? I vaccine. I got the I got the a booster. Oh yeah, you got the booster. And then I got a flu shot in the other shoulder on the same day. Oh my god, my arms were useless for about <laughs> twenty four hours. Both of them. I had to sleep on my back and not roll over at all because it was killing me. <laughs> it's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Coming in hot at number one, Bobby scratched a lotto ticket on air and he won some big money. Now, this was fun because it's never happened on air before. And and big money is relative, but just listen. It was pretty fun. Number one. Now, Abby, you gave me this ticket, right? I'm going to make sure. (laughs) Yes, I did. Okay. Yes. It's a $20 scratch off. Millionaire jumbo bucks went up to $1 million. This isn't cool. a joke ticket, right, Abby? This no, is one. it's not. Oh, that would be terrible. Joke. Did you get <laughs> it at the gas station? I did. Uh huh. Oh, there has to be regret for that person that gave the million dollar ticket. They're like, why did I give them that, kept that one? Yeah. Okay, so I've scratched the top numbers already, but now I'm going to scratch the ones. If they match, I'm going to win the cash. Oh my okay. God. Do you want to hear the top numbers or you don't care? I do like, care. Like, real quick? Oh, yeah, real we quick. care. Okay, there's 34, 27, 13, 42, 43, 37, 24, and 38. Ooh. You're not going to remember that. Got it. We go first number 17, no winner. 45, no winner. Wait, no, no. I right, have 45, no winner. 47, no winner. Oh, oh man, that's not good. Oh, I, I won something. I got a jumbo. It says jumbo. Oh my god. Oh, my god. What does what that, does mean? that mean? Double? It says five times. Yep. Hold on, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh. Do you want to see this? Because I haven't scratched the, the money oh, off dude. of it yet. Look, it says jumbo. I'll come back to it at the end. I yes. hate. How does it says jumbo? It may be two dollars on the yeah. bottom. It but, ain't two dollars. But it says jumbo five times. To- oh, I'm coming back to that one. Let's, let's go. go. I'm gonna win some money no. here today. So let's say it is if it is two dollars, it's just two times five. Yeah. Okay. Or if it's a hundred dollars, it's five hundred dollars. All right, here we go. Next up. 46, no winner. 31, no winner. Lunchbox, be happy for him. 20, no winner. 44, no winner. 33, no winner. Jumbo. I know. I don't like to think about the jumbo. jumbo. I just want to go scratch the jumbo at the bottom <laughs> of that. How many are you uh, supposed to match? 16. I don't even know. Just one. Just, all you have to do oh. one number. Hey, Lunch, and he's scratching them down. He that's, doesn't go across. That's already. the weirdest strategy ever. There's no strategy. It's all the same. Okay, I have oh, like yeah. six left. 36, no winner. I don't really see me winning except going back to that jumbo. Yeah, jumbo's the winner. You don't need to scratch anymore. 14, no winner. Is jumbo rare? Yeah. I got another jumbo. I got another jumbo. You got two jumbos? I got another jumbo. Yeah. What? I got a second jumbo. <sighs> I got a second jumbo. Abby's kicking herself right now. <laughs> no, it says five times. I got two jumbos. Let's um, go. Which jumbo are you going to do first? Come on, dude. What's the prediction? Lunchbox? What's going to be under the jumbo? The first jumbo is going to be $2, and the second one's going to be $2 for a total of 20 bucks. To get my money back. Yep, get your money back. Well, you're being a hater theory. with that prediction, huh? Yep, absolutely. Would hate to see you get a million dollars here. Okay, here we go. Oh, I bet it's going to be 10000 
Can you imagine if yeah. I won ten thousand dollars on this show? No, you win. I'd pee everywhere and then walk out. <laughs> no, it would be pee? ten thousand yeah. under jumbo I'd bones. Pee. I'd pee everywhere and walk out. Why? And then I would Wait, like what is come back tomorrow. You? But that would just be yeah. a fun moment. It like, would be. Yeah. I don't know how Who urine got involved. Scuba. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first jumbo. The scratches. Oh come on. Big money. Well, I'll tell you this. Hey, you're not smiling. He ain't it's smiling. more than two dollars. Oh man. <laughs> Times five. What? Times five. But it's yeah. not a lot. Yeah, it's more than two dollars. It's more than five dollars. No way! <laughs> no way! Okay, so give me ten. Oh my god! Is it, oh wow. Okay, the first one oh. is five times ten dollars. You want okay. Fifty dollars. I've already hit for fifty dollars. How do you have the most luck in the world? All the it time. is unbelievable. But I have one Always. more jumbo to go. Let's go. Let's go, jumbo. Yeah. All right, second one. Uh, we already know what it is. How much does it have to be for Abby to get a cut? Thousand dollars. Abby's getting <laughs> at least the second jumbo is five times. $10. Okay. This is a $100 ticket. No we way. won on the air. Yeah. That's good. Wow, Abby, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. I just wow. don't understand. Okay. What, what do you not understand? I, I don't understand how you, of all people, have the most luck in the world. Like, any, Amy, Amy, who has the most luck you know? Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, for sure, but technically, Abby bought it. Hey, Abby, mm-hmm. I'm going to give this to you. you can no, you're it. not. No. Stop. No. Stop. Why are you giving her $100? Abby, you, you can have the ticket. No, 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 Abby, no, no, come no. and take the ticket. It's your gift. I can't take it back. I would like to gift you this $100 ticket, Abby. I can't. Take it, Abby. Take don't it, take it, Abby. Really? Don't no, take it, Abby. Can't. Abby, just this leave it there. Test. Leave it in the studio. You're she testing said this me. is a test. Abby's got a mask on, by the way, because she had COVID recently. <laughs> I know. Sorry, guys. Oh, my uh, Following goodness. the rules. I would like to gift you this ticket. Why? If you would like to have it. Don't take it, Abby. 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 I want you to have it. Okay. Okay. I tried. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Well, Scuba, it was so fun having you on another great podcast therapy session. But also we heard about your crazy, crazy trip back home, which was also what is making me want to leave right now to go take a nap in this snowstorm. (laughs) So, yeah, thank you for the PTSD. uh, You know, now you've lived it. Now you don't have to ever talk about it again. It's all out there. Yes. Yeah. I don't don't tell the story ever again. It's all gone. Thank you. I'm so glad. Glad you're back safe. (laughs) And I'm glad you had a good holiday in Hawaii. Thank you. And thanks for hanging out with me for a little bit. Of course, yeah. I think we talked about your vacation. Did you you talk about yours in the show? That's all right. I missed it. No, we didn't. But that's okay. Oh, that's crap. It's okay. Can you give us hey, a little bit or no? The, the little I'll give you to keep it, Scuba, we, we decided to keep this podcast short and sweet, but our short and sweet is an hour and a half already. Okay, um, all right. <laughs> but I will tell you, I went home yeah. to Kansas, which is where I'm from. Okay. Um, and it was awesome. I got so much family time. I really tried to to not work, though. I still ended up working a decent happens. amount, unfortunately. Um, I met a sloth. Two sloths, I saw that. That's so cool. I saw um, that. The most epic part, most epic Christmas gift my parents gave me was getting to go in encounter with a sloth, and I got to feed them. That's really cool. Um, they were so cool. Yeah. So that was like the highlight of it. But really, I just hung out with my family, and we we I ate so much food more than I needed to. Nothing crazy. I road tripped home with one of my best friends to Kansas City. Got to see my friends, and when I road trip back, it's twelve hours each way. My dad yeah. rode with me. Oh, that's cool. And so for his one night that he was here, we went out, hit the town to see the bars that he wanted to see. Okay, cool. Um, and that was about it. It was a good, good, chill vacation, which I needed. Is your family vegetarian or vegan as well? Nope. I'm the only one. My mom doesn't eat a lot of meat. She'll eat chicken. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I'm the only vegetarian. So they accommodate you and make whatever you have, or you have to go pick up food? No, I just eat. Listen, when it comes to Thanksgiving and Christmas, I am a side dish queen. I okay. eat all the sides because it's, I'm not vegan, so yeah. that helps things, right? Um, I I will I will have every single side dish on a plate. Okay, and it's amazing. That's great because you have a, a, a collection of. All yes. the different flavors and tastes. Which is also where my sweet tooth comes from because oh, yeah. then I always love dessert. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not totally. good for me, which is yeah. why for January, my goal is to not eat sweets. Yeah. I have accomplished decently so far. Yeah. Good not luck. great, but we're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my there's my vacation wrapped in a pretty little bow. All right, cool. But it was like good. It. Sloth nice. was the main one. Oh, yeah. I saw that video. I was like, that is the coolest thing mm-hmm. I have ever seen to see the name. Like I've seen a sloth. Like at the zoo and stuff, but never mm-hmm. like an encounter with a sloth. Yeah, the place that we went, well, that it happened was at Tanganyika Wildlife Park. And okay. it's a breeding facility. So they breed endangered and rare species so oh, that cool. we never lose, lose them. them. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about zoos and stuff before and how it's really, it's kind of a love-hate relationship. But this place is one of my favorites because of everything they do. Um, just what do we have any breeding things. for like, like dinosaurs? Like they've been extinct well, like- did you see the news story about the, and, and maybe it was a false one because I never really clicked into it, but there was a, a preserved dinosaur egg that somebody found? Yeah, like, why don't we, if there is, I mean, we have all these fossils and things that are in the ground, like, why don't we try to, like, re, like re-erect the I'm dinosaur? I'm sorry, are we trying to go through Jurassic Park again? <laughs> you saw how that happened for everybody. It was not good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a good point. Oh, but yeah. I would but just like one to- dinosaur would hey, be kind of cool. Hey, maybe a little baby one. Yeah, yeah, you know, the one. You know, the, the ones that have the cool long necks and they don't hurt anybody. The brontosaurus or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The ones that are like, yeah, they're omnivores or whatever. Yeah. 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 I, I could deal with one of those. Yeah, I'll be fine with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a really cool. That was That's cool. That was my favorite. So if you're ever in Wichita, Kansas, go to Tanganyika Wildlife Park. It's okay. so awesome. Um, but yeah, there's my vacation. Very cool. We won't keep our Yeah. I see the like time clocking down. I'm like, sorry. I, we literally started this by saying we're gonna keep it short and sweet. Two hours <laughs> <Like> later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, tell them where they can find you. They can find me on MySpace, Friendster, <laughs> and Yahoo email. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Basically, uh, just Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's Scuba Steve Radio, S U B A S T E V R A D I O. No, that was a lot of spelling that I did not get, but yeah, <laughs> Scuba Steve Radio. There he is. I'm so glad you stopped by. And I am Morgan at Webgirl Morgan on all the things, making videos all the time. If you have suggestions for what you'd make, what, what you would like me to make, just hit me up in the DMs. Please be kind. Um, <laughs> and yeah, hit up the show on everything at Bobby Bones Show and the bobbybones.com has so much good content, lots of videos and stuff. And I work really hard on it. So please go look at things. That's yes, all. Yes, she does. Yes. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this is a Bobby.